Welcome back to This Is Music Podcast. Did did we switch the name before, or is this the official? Um, for Meat Puppets, I think we... Okay. Or no, it was still up in the air, but now we are officially... It's official, everyone. This Is Music. Uh, hi, it's George, and I'm here with my stereophonic compadre. Charles. Charles. Uh, hell yeah. I'm very excited to be doing the strokes. We are back here on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. And deciding what uh, next albums to do, and we uh, we thought The Strokes would be a good start. And no, we're not doing Is This It. We are going with the 2003 release, Room on Fire. Their, uh, their sophomore album. And the sophomore jinx, George. Yeah, you would think, uh, yeah, that is a real thing. I, I mean, I, it I has to be a lot of the fact that you put a lot of heart in, uh, heart in, years into your first album well, you put your whole lifetime yeah. into it yeah, yeah. and you're like oh, that's that's try you know coming into the scene uh come into the scene a little uh with you know with all your back catalog and let's let's bring them back and yeah. then you, you either have success with the first album or you don't uh yeah the sophomore jinx seems true for the people that actually had people listen to the first album i don't think you have a sophomore jinx if no one listened to your first album or do you, uh, you? You wouldn't consider it, like. But I mean, the Strokes' first album was a. Oh was no, a, they're on a, a giant. They're on a level. Hit. They're gonna. They're on a level that I don't know if we'll see again. I don't know. I can't say that. It's, that's stupid. Maybe there'll be another rock revival, like super hype movement. But yeah, these guys were uh, coming into probably the type of hype they haven't seen since uh, Nirvana and the whole Seattle grunge movement this was the next uh it's all media hype you know yeah. that they're trying to sell records here but this was 2000 you know when stroke started that, that whole hype of it of this is it. it was 2000 2001 and you had the, all the new york the bands yeah yeah these guys and not even new york tv on the radio they started uh, off too i didn't even think of them but uh, yeah yeah yes yeah, 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 yeah and then you had like the vines the white stripes the, the bands yeah the white stripes um, um the killers Killers were around there, yeah. maybe like 2003. So yeah, there was this kind of um, new hype for the 2000s, and also right around that time. I mean, I was 20 at in 2000, so I remember clearly I was listening to everything I could, and that was a really kind of stale time as far as radio rock. You know, like, I, I don't know. I'm sure there's always been great underground bands. When you when we look back, there'll always be something you can say. There was great music going on. But as yeah. far as, like, the popular rock, that uh, was in a, a heavy decline. We were in the new metal era. Corn and... Uh, yeah, and, and Stained. Or even, yeah. Doing all that, you know. And, and all they were... Limp Biscuit. They either were trying to be Alice in Chains, these bands, and they, uh, the really bad Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. Uh or we, it was the pop, Britney Spears, NSYNC. That I mean, that uh, dominated. It was huge. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I'm obviously ten years younger than you, and and, and I, I was in shock. <laughs> shock. Yeah. It was. A weird it was time. all. It was all I, not listened to at all. Um, it was what am I going to listen to Britney Spears or NSYNC? But it was so fucking big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember, I remember. Uh, Room on Fire coming out, and then Is This It, or Is This It, and then Room on Fire, but Is This It was, like, huge for me, because it was like, oh, cool, something that's coming out in today's times, yeah. and kills. Yeah. Uh, 
and obviously you didn't pop, have whatever. I mean, it's pop, but it's not you know the bubblegum, whatever, whatever it's called, the boy band, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, yeah, Christina Aguilera shit. That, well, you know, there's different. The, the thing that I always have a problem with is I like pop music, but I like pop music mo- mostly when it's written by the person. If you can write a oh, great pop huge. song, it's huge. But you know, Britney Spears and them, none of them wrote any of that. Yeah. Taylor Swift, she writes her own shit. That, Congratulations. And that's, huge, and that's a huge point of contention, whatever the opposite of that is. Uh, a a reason to like Taylor Swift a lot more is the fact that she does write her own music. Right. And I, it's still, you look at like, and this isn't a talk, talk shit about Taylor Swift hour or anything. But like even that is like, oh, she has six writers on the, on the thing. But, yeah. you know, she's the first credit. Oh, is that what it is? I, I, for a lot of the things that, that, I, uh, that I've seen, I could be wrong. But I remember looking up uh, 1989 when, uh, when that was out and, uh, and just like, all right, does she really write this? And it, maybe not six or seven or anything yeah. like that, but it was like at least two or three. Yeah. But nonetheless, Anyways, know, it's, it is cool. It was, yeah, we were living in that time of marketed pop music. Uh, boy bands and I, and I get it I think it's just everything's a reaction to whatever else we we were coming out of the the grunge and like gangster hip hop and I think people yeah. wanted to be happy yeah they wanted the next generation that they, they wanted them to give them some gay ass happy music but I mean yeah and the strokes are all uh, every they are like a pop rock band yeah especially and, and the, of the 2000s just like you three minute tunes and not Ramonesy necessarily, but not unlike the Ramones no. in the fact that it's short songs, yeah. uh, ridiculously catchy, ridiculously catchy. There's and not <sighs> just not just the lyrics, but you want to sing along to the guitar part, you want to sing along to the drums. There's no stroke, maybe uh, on this on the Come Down Machine, the last album, uh, but it's just like, how do they write consistent yeah. pop tunes? Like catchy ass pop tunes. Yeah, you just listen to any of them, and you and it's like okay, yeah, that's a hit. Yeah, that's... I would say they're the. If you just look at the singles, for for what do we call that? Early two thousand, two thousand, two thousand ten. They were the best pop rock band. Like if you if you just take their singles, yeah, they they were that of this deck of yeah. that last decade. Uh-huh. You know, maybe it's before last decade. It's crazy. Right? <laughs> I know we're in 2016. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But I, I would say they're up there uh, just single wise. If you did a greatest hits, all those are just great songs mm-hmm. that you can sing along to. If you don't like that type of music, then yeah, it's not for you. Yeah. But if you respect that, that craft, you know, it, people kind of say even even me saying uh, this guy just wrote the song for Britney Spears and it became a hit. That's not easy to no. do. No. To write a pop. Song. Well, you just you do a verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Do something simple. Well, if it's that easy, let's all get the same job and I'll write pop yeah. songs and we'll all make millions of dollars because apparently you can do it. Yeah, and and, and I mean it, it's one thing I do like about the direction that you and I are like have agreed to to do on this podcast is to be positive about yeah. the stuff that we're listening to. You know, just kind of made fun of Taylor Swift there for a little bit. Actually, I really like Taylor Swift. We're giving um, her credit, but yeah, exactly. Um, and also, Taylor Swift isn't made for a thirty fucking no, twenty-five know. to thirty-five-year-old men. I had a I had a whole internet like uh, back and forth with a complete stranger on a on a Rolling Stones article. Article, article. Georgie's <laughs> going through puberty, becoming a man, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, just back and forth uh, about pop, about pop shit, mm-hmm. and um, and this is when Taylor Swift's nineteen eighty nine came out, so it was like a big I'm bringing her up again. But it's, it was like a 40-year-old dude being like, this is garbage. She's not talented. It's just like, dude, it's not for you. Yeah. 
if you don't like it, it's, it's not for you. Yeah. Um, it's not geared like, yeah, go listen to Rat or whatever, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, listen shit. to Motley Crue, yeah, whatever it is that anytime you Anytime I have on. arguments Van with those Halen. kind of guys, I always want to see what their profiles are like yeah. and like what they talk about. They love Van Halen. And, and, oh, loved Van Halen, yeah. dude. They'll this defend even s- like the last Van Halen album that came out. And we'll, we'll but it's like, who's, who's consistently talking about Van Halen anymore? Like, the times are changing, dude. And, like, you're not, come senators, please heed the call. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the lyric about uh, uh, being on the... Mushrooms? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, uh, so we're what we're going to do is here. actually switch, and we're going to do Taylor Swift's yeah, album, 1989. We, we, we hooked you yeah, with You the thought strokes. the strokes were coming in. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna uh, make an argument why uh, 1989 is a great pop pop album. Uh, okay, um, so yeah, so we're we were living in in those times at at two, early 2000s. Now this is post 9 11. Yeah, Strokes came out right around 9 11. I they I guess they were formed a couple of years before. They had an EP come out, um, and they did "Is This It?" Uh, right. I think a couple months before they had to take out the song New York City Cops. Yep. Because it was just offensive because they're saying New York City Cops ain't too smart Not when too they're the smart. ones that were the heroes of the day yeah. and uh, deserved. But yeah. just, you know, the song had nothing to do with that. But, you know, they they were in that kind of uh, moment. But the the hype on them was significant for that album. And it I don't think much people can can complain that that first album is it's a changer. It, yeah, they're going back to the old school sound. They're doing the garage rock. They didn't change music into a new style. No. They're, they're doing something that's been done, but they did it better than, I'm not saying better than the original bands, but they're, they they just brought this kind of liveliness to music again, a little more fun. I guess they were riding on that fun, you know, getting out of the grunge kind of stuff, but just bringing it back to bare bone, guitar, bass. Yeah, not really. Yeah, no keyboards yet. They they do that later on. And it, it seems like anytime you have a rock and roll revival, which has happened plenty of times. Yeah, you know, as, as maybe it's happening right now with uh, with as a backlash to like EDM and stuff. But um, always will be. Yeah, just disc. It was disco, then gangster rap, then grunge. Everything, like you said earlier, everything has yeah. a has a reaction. Kanye West was reaction. a reaction to gangster rap. Yeah, and that's why he. Yeah, blew up. I mean, and he wrote great songs. Even, even Drake too, yeah. with, with the same thing. It's like all right, sensitive no, right. guys. Sensitive. And... Yeah, sensitive shit. It's not all hard and you know, yeah. whatever gangster rap. And that that stuff's fine, but you you, you can diversify shit. Right. Uh, and this, what the Strokes did, I think, was take a bunch of of their influences uh, and put them in, in their own, in their own words, in their own way. Um, like you said, nothing that the strokes did really was, was revolutionary or groundbreaking or anything like that, but yeah. not everything needs to be. Yeah. There's only that, that titles of, of being revolutionary and groundbreaking is reserved for a very small percentage of people. Who it might be over like, now. Like who else, what, unless you think of some new exotic type of music, what else can you really do? There's only so many chords, unless you come with a new instrument, I mean, EDM, I guess, is the new forefront. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but if if you think uh, everything's been written, then there's no point in making art. Every painting's been painted. Then just kill yourself, all right? Yeah. We don't have time for it. And a beautiful thing about music is you can hear the same love song a thousand different ways. Right. uh, And really never get old. Exactly. (laughs) Not that these guys really write love songs. Uh, they tend to write about she better not start barking, goddamn it. 
We got our dog here. I was worried about her having. Shout out to it. Bella. Shout out to Bella, the dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's just. I guess we'll just jump into the album. So they were coming off of a ridiculously huge world tour for your first album, yeah. and you're only playing about. I don't know how many songs were off that first album. Eleven. 10 or 11, and then they had a couple other tunes. I think they were doing some covers. So they were exhausted. They they were overhyped. They were partying. Um, I'm sure it was a great time mm-hmm. to, uh, you know. You young guys, young, oh. good-looking, talented. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, new, uh, the Strokes are a band that. <laughs> they're good-looking dudes. They're all good-looking dudes. And yeah. they are all they all come from, from successful, uh, rich yeah. families. Yeah. Model arts, agencies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Casablanca's uh, dad, I think, was like owned a big New York agency. And yeah. His mom was an artist, model. Albert chick. Hammond Jr.'s yeah. dad is Albert Hammond. Yeah. Yeah. He was a musician, mm-hmm. had a big oh, the California song. I can't, It's Gonna Rain in California, or that was his big kind of hit. But yeah, they, yeah, they all it, came yeah. from they came from money. Came from money, came from talent. And they, uh, they, get, they get shit on for that a lot, it's, which and, is and, weird. It, to, to me, that was never a point of, of any sort of contention and just like, oh, yeah, they're they're cool. Oh, they're too, they're too cool for school kind of thing. I don't that, that to me, that shit never really matters at all. I, um, I think people think they got a little more push and back back up for the money issue. Sure. Whatever. Sure. But OK. The song what still what have do to you stand, want them to do? But the songs still have to be good. Exactly. No matter yeah, what. Rich happens. kids can make music all day long. Doesn't mean anybody's going to yeah, listen to it. You could be rich and you're going to write. You can. And then it goes back to you could be rich and get a whole bunch of people pushing you to try to get you hyped up. But if your songs suck, you're going to sink just like everyone else. Yeah. The whole drug thing. You can take all the drugs you want. think that's going to inspire you. But you're most likely to just be a, a junkie. You write shitty songs. Uh, so, yeah, there's no. uh I don't. I don't buy into that. Maybe they got a little push for sure. That if that if if that is part of it, but they backed it up. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we're talking about them now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just the members of the band. We mentioned two of them: uh, Julian Casablancas, one of the coolest guys of all time. I love him. Uh, I also love him. Well, just because the name. That I mean, my name's Charlie Pike. All, it's of, just, <laughs> it's short, all of these guys have Julian Casablancas. That yeah. sounds. That sounds made. You're up. made to be a rock star. Yeah. Uh, Albert Hammond Jr. was mentioned. Uh, Nick Valenci, uh, Nikolai Fret- Fatieri, bassist, Never really awesome bassist, and uh, Fab Moretti. <laughs> well, no, uh, what's his name? What's his full name? Fabrizio Moretti. Fabrizio yeah. Moretti. <laughs> These guys are douchebags. Yeah, I know they didn't even have. It's not their fault that their names are that, but I'm still pissed about it. Yeah, all of their names are just like these exotic, cool sounding. You know, Nick, not maybe not, but you know, Valencia, whatever. But but uh, it's Valencia. Yeah, Nick yeah. Valencia. Yeah, yeah, they all have that. Uh, you could all do the Italian accent exactly. to them, and they all sound. Exactly. Julian Casablancas, Charlie Pike, George Lalea. <laughs> well, mine's a little more. Lalea. Oh, all right, get you over know. yourself. Yeah, I know. I'm the best. Uh, okay, so right. so they have good names. That was our most. We really yeah. wanted to get that out there. We uh, we're bringing you some real heavy hitting journal, yeah. music journalists. Yeah, we here. think they're good looking <laughs> and they have cool names. That's the most important thing we yeah, want to do. Yeah, their music's uh, okay, but goddamn, those names are some lookers. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so it's two thousand three. Uh, they've come off again this world tour. They're exhausted, uh, but um, they've they. Been doing some sound checks. They got a couple songs ready to go, and uh, Casablanca wants to get started right away. They're yeah. they're riding that wave, yeah. and you can't you can't just fucking take two years off and go on after work. your first one, especially when there's when 
it's kind of the beginning of the oversaturation of just yeah. so many bands making so many. Yeah. E- what are you gonna listen to? Uh, and, and, and and if these guys are, are did come out with a great fucking first album, what can and you do? The world tour. Yeah. You almost have to just like oh, keep the right keep the right way yeah. uh, the wave keep riding the wave. Uh, and then them like immediately after the tour is done, get in the studio. There was like, a, there was a little. I think there was like a three, maybe a month, vac- you know, downtime. I think uh, one of them went on vacation with his girl to Tahiti or something like yeah. that. You know, th- there was a little break, but it was pretty much well. What uh, back one thing up? The first two albums, I guess the first three albums were all written by Julian Casablancas. Not that he plays all the instruments, but the the basic all the songs are written by him. Mm-hmm. So it was more he went back and just. Went into his, you know, went to bars, went to his room, got these songs down, and we're ready to go. Now, they went into the studio from interviews that I read, ready to go. It wasn't like they were working on songs. Let's figure this out. They're like, here's our next 11 songs, for the most part. They did write a couple. Um, And Gordon Raphael, the guy who produced their first album, is the one who's producing this as well. They initially were working with... Nigel Goodrich, yeah. we've heard him before, haven't we? And we'll probably hear him, his name, uh, his name a few more times in the history of this podcast. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll show up. But it didn't work out so well between the two. It, it's it's really weird too. I, I was reading a couple things on it. I, I read one thing where they said it was quote soulless. Yeah. On one, and then another one from Casablanca. Some years later, he said it was the best stuff we heard in our lives, but we just didn't want to go that direction. So I don't know. I heard Solus. They, 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 they took the... Maybe that was the initial... Or, or a word just taken out of context because it's a sexy yeah. thing to call. Uh, yeah. I think they were scared to go prettier or whatever. I think they wanted to keep that rougher. Yeah. You know, it's, it, I don't know exactly what Nigel brings to the table, but it seems like all the albums he has, it's pretty. It's got strings. Very uh, sonically full. Yeah. And I think they wanted to keep that dirtier garage sound. Mm. I don't know. We're just guessing. Yeah. But yeah, I, he, I just he, think like that, that's a very uh, that's a very bold thing to do. We're just be like, yeah, sorry, Nigel, it's just it's not working out. We're gonna go with the guy that uh, we went with the first time, and who knows what relationships were. I mean, yeah. I I know Nigel has been uh, he's been sort of discussed as kind of a difficult person to work with. But that's just fucking talented people are, are very usually very difficult. To yeah, work he with. probably expects the, the best, yeah. whatever he. And these thinks. guys are yeah exactly. And you know this if if it could just be egos going you know two different ways or yeah. or just just general path progression yeah uh, going different. I know that when um, when Paul McCartney did new or the one before that Nigel produced it Abbey Road. <laughs> I think he was right. Uh, it is a pretty album, so it makes sense yeah. it would be Nigel. But uh, don't sue us. He said that. something like Paul had like twelve songs ready to go, and Nigel was like, "No, no, this is done. This is out of here. This is out of here." Producer saying that to fucking Sir Paul McCartney, like that guy has balls. Yeah. And, and Paul McCartney, like in 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 hindsight, I th- I think it was like, yeah, he, Nigel made all the right calls. So who knows what happened? Uh, nonetheless, the the uh, wasn't meant to be. This, it wasn't meant to be. They went back to Gordon. Raphael. If, you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. No, and exactly. I think that's what they wanted to go back to. They, I, Not that they were looking in a lot of criticism, if there is criticism about this album, is that it's, is this it part two? Yes. Wh- which I don't yeah. get what's wrong with 
sounding like what you sound like? Are you supposed to all yeah. of a sudden do your uh, magical mystery tour or whatever the yeah. hell? Are you supposed to just come for your second album? Yeah, yeah. You've established yourself. People like it. Yeah. Why not keep that going? And 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 fandom or whatever is come and go. It's it's so come and go. And it, yeah. and at this point, you know, they do have one album to go. So if they completely, you know, make their Sgt. Pepper after this, it's like, well, that's not what we signed up for. We exactly. signed up for, you know, dancing pop pop rock. Yeah, and they yeah. probably and they like playing it. They've been playing live. They saw that it was working, and I'm, I'm sure that's the the direction they wanted to keep going. I don't know if they were being straight straight away um, with Nigel, but anyways, they they scrapped that, went back to Gordon Raphael. Uh, they were in the studio for three months. Nick Valencia said uh, if the album would have ended up a lot better if we had another couple weeks. He yep. feels like uh, it might have been a, not rushed because from other things I've been reading about in those three months, uh, Julian Casablancas is uh, not a dictator, but he would spend three days on a drum snare trying to get the right sound. Yeah, uh, Everything was like meticulous, and he was just kind of the, the madman. He would, you know, people would leave to go home. He'd still stay late forever, just mm-hmm. obsessing about a certain sound. Yeah, uh, which kind of is always a uh, is always a sure tell of sort of a mad genius in, in yeah. any field where it's that one guy who's. They always say that about Kobe Bryant, like you know, the first guy in the gym, the last <laughs> yeah. guy to leave, kind yeah. of thing, and and that's where greatness. Comes I'd say from. Larry that's Bird, hard. but whatever. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But Larry Bird had a back problem, so uh, he's a great white hope. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know that that that. Casablancas is sort of a uh, sort of a prodigy type yeah. type person, and uh, you know, with that comes hard work. I mean, you don't nobody's just born with. I mean, not nobody's born with raw talent, but you gotta yeah, you gotta work hard at it. And and it's not saying the other guys didn't, but I think at the end of the day, when you know that it's gonna say all songs written by yeah. you, yeah, and you're the lead singer, yeah, yeah, you you, you, you get that, yeah, for sure. Um, so. Yeah, so uh, I guess we can go into the cover of the album, kind of funky looking. I don't know if you've if you've uh, looked at it, George, in a, a little bit or, or looked it up, uh, but it's a section of a 1961 painting by an English pop artist, Peter Phillips, entitled "War Games." Yeah, and I actually in um, in doing some research for this uh, for this podcast got actually into just looking at other shit that the guy do, that has done. Oh shit. And uh, it's a, it's a lot of not prop kind of propaganda looking yeah. type posters and stuff. Yeah. And uh, with and if you look at the 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 album art for this one, it's kind of got the almost look to me like always reminds me of like a, looks like a bottom of a jukebox or something like that. And just different, you know. It's kind of it's kind of cool. It's it is cool looking. Yeah. Uh, just kind of. You know, square a bunch of squares and stuff, and I always thought the bottom looked like a roulette wheel or something like that. Yeah, it always it threw me off when it first came out because the first album was just uh, I don't know, it just it kind of jumped out. This this one seems a little distorted to me because you're looking at four different pictures. Yeah, uh, but it, it it so it's it's entitled War Games, but it depicts from this picture it's kind of tough to tell the opposing Civil War forces through emblems of combat. It's propaganda. Yeah. Flags, guns, uniforms, peace and war, love and hate, truth and lies. That's what the uh, Peter Phillips said this picture's about. So just kind of... Uh, was he alive when this came out, or did they take this for that? Uh, that I don't know. Peter Phillips, if you're alive, good, yeah. good job. Can you uh, write us an email? Give, give us a call right now, yeah. Peter Phillips. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's a cool album. It's not. It's probably not the Strokes' like best uh, cover of any, or anything like that, but... Uh, yeah, it might be my least favorite Strokes album. Yeah, Actually, besides the last one, it didn't really do much. 
yeah. RCA. That, that was a that was a like Joke. a fuck you to yeah, yeah. To, to RCA. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it's 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 good. You know, it's not a yeah. It works. It works. Uh. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think we're good with the uh, the album cover. Uh, I guess we can get into it. We I, we didn't really get into the whole bio of um, the Strokes. It's I mean, they, 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 the, the, the thing that I do like about them is they are childhood friends. There's something about, mm-hmm. I like bands that mm-hmm. have, that come from that. Yeah, they all happen- met when they were like 15. Yeah, or they're, they, they were friends first instead of like, I need a drummer, you're yeah. a drummer, and that's how you meet. That's fine, whatever works. Yeah. But there's something about the, I don't know, it seems like maybe those bands, you got the Chili Peppers, you got U2, like those bands seem to, they were friends and now they're, yeah. they, they go I through think that, that That's definitely... Being a, being a bit of a, um, a bit, we're doing a music podcast, a music nerd. I love bands that do that. Yeah. It's just like, oh, they like, all, they were playing pop, punk rock, yeah. you know, shows and in in high school or cover talent shows, and... cover bands, whatever. And then they, they get to, they know each other for 50 fucking years, you yeah. know, 40 years, whatever, and play music together. I think it's, it's pretty great. And I think these guys, they, they've gone through some tough times, but I think because of that, yeah. this is what keeps them going. Apparently, they're back in the uh, studio working on another album. Mm-hmm. They, and they'll take, after their third album, there was quite a break there, and they went. They made some solo albums. And I don't know, who knows if they're on the verge of breakup. Um, but I think because of that bond they got, that they'll keep this going until, you know, until yeah. they just feel like they got nothing else to say and, as and, far as a... And if there's any, like, uh, any problems that they have with the band... It's 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 almost always like brothers fighting, right? You know, like I, I yeah, they they had uh, in that little break. I think they 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 were just couldn't stand each other. Yeah, and it's like yeah, they've known each other for fucking fifteen years for sure. And at this point, or maybe like you know, t- ten years at this point, whatever it is. Yeah, um, yeah, just brothers, brothers in arms, and just like and 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 I bet you it was some of that was he wrote the first three albums. He was probably just not couldn't write anything else because he did. He came out with the solo yeah. album, but he was probably like. What what do you what do you guys have? Yeah, and the couple albums after that, now they're all starting to write songs. The yeah. they're, the angles, the second to last album was actually written mostly by the band members, and he said, "You write us songs and send them to mm-hmm. me, and I'll sing over them." Mm-hmm. I think he was saying, "Step up." Or, yeah, and it was it was kind of uh, if it wasn't Casablanca, it was it, like Albert Hammond Jr. Always kind of like was the second. Yeah, not 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 at all like a, like a Paul McCartney, John Lennon type or anything like that, right. but just kind of a second person to have to jump off you know, of yeah, for other exactly. ideas. Uh, and I mean, there is something to be said about the singular mind, uh, with, with, with music when you have one person's, uh, vision for yep. things to just it, it, it create solidarity in the music. At least to start off. Yes. Yeah. To get, I mean, you get have, the ball rolling. You have, yeah, you're trying to write the best and obviously the, the rest of the band would be like, Oh, we hate this fucking song, Julian. So we're not going to do it. Right? Like they they wouldn't put shit out that if it wasn't good. Or it's probably if you got something better, please show me, yeah. and, and we'll yeah. we'll think about it. Exactly. But yeah, for whatever reason, at the moment he was the lead uh, songwriter, and but everyone else d- does their great contributions, uh, and we'll talk about it when we kind of get into detail. So yeah, so they had a lot to live up to, and what do they do? They write "Room on Fire." Um, let's just want to dive into it. We've been it, talking enough about bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> this is into some music. Uh, first, uh, the first uh, song is "Whatever Happened." Whatever happened, George? I love the. This is their welcome to their second album, and the first line. <laughs> Suspense. Smooth.
Boom. Oh, what do you know? A catchy guitar riff. Well, first thing that jumps out, well, there's a couple of things. All right, so the, the first album was, Is This It? Question mark. First song on second album, Whatever Happened? Question mark. Yeah. I think maybe that might have been the name for the album, and he was like, nah, I can't do double Is question it? mark. Whatever happened. Whatever happened. <laughs> that actually would have been pretty good. I know. Uh, if I if I was doing that, I would have done that, and this album would have been better. But uh, Yeah, but we can say that hindsight's always 20 so, so I like that. It's it's I, I feel like there it's another question, like, is this it? And whatever happened to Is This It? Where are we now? And just the first the first two lyrics, I want to be forgotten, but I don't want to be reminded. Yeah. It's, it's a very... Uh, <laughs> Coming off that, I mean, it's hard not to, to consider that when, when listening to the first uh, the first song of of the of the second album, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know that's just a funny. It's it's completely opposite of what a second album. It's ah. like I want to be remembered, and please remind me how great I am is what the what the line should be. But instead, he's going uh, he's going deprecating. Yeah, it's almost like. Uh... After Nirvana, after their big album on In Utero, where he's pretty much saying like teenage teenage angst stuff paid off pretty well. Just kind mm-hmm. of like, well, this is what came of it. Here I am now. Yeah. He's he's kind of giving you a, a address of where he is at the moment. Uh, but the the thing that I really like about it is it does the and you don't know if they're gonna go kind of calm and smooth like they did with Is This It, where it's a little mellow. They come in with the chorus, just boom chorus, not even a verse. Yeah. Uh, there's a line in here where this is, is kind of alluding to what we were talking about earlier with the uh, early 2000s, like kind of pop, uh, pop, uh, uh, re- not revival, pop boom. Yep. The line, uh, top 10 ideas for countdown shows, whose culture is this and does anybody know? It's kind of, and that's exactly what was, what you know, MTV well, was doing, like TRL. TRL. Yeah. Um, which for the kids was Total Crest Live. Formerly hosted by Carson Daly. Yeah, the Carson Daly. One and only. <laughs> I actually discovered a lot of music on TRL. Uh, or not, not, maybe not discovered, but at least was like, oh, cool, music videos. Uh, yeah, the, the, I mean, TRL, the whole idea of a countdown show, I, I guess that's been around forever, so yeah. not, not a big deal, but kind of cheese. But at least it got, at least they were playing music still. I yeah, mean, that's, exactly. that's, that, that was the, the death death knell on that, that. That's over. But yeah, I think he's obviously referencing, the, like, what a weird world we're in. I wrote this album, and now I'm coming on a show, and here's number eight with yeah. Beyonce, you know, fucking Bonnie and Clyde. I, yeah. I don't know, I'm trying uh, to think of 2003. It would be Destiny's Child. Really by that? No, I think that was already over. I think she was already she was already with Jay. When Come I, on. No? <laughs> when I was watching TRL, I'm pretty sure it was, uh, was uh, what's the... Anyways, Taylor Swift. <laughs> what's, what's the song? The uh... I don't think you're ready for this jelly. No, something... Pay my bills, pay my hospital bills. <laughs> I don't know. My hospital bills. <laughs> I got a broken leg and I don't have insurance. Um, I mean, a great first fucking tune. Yeah. On this song. I, 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 re- I really like starting off with the chorus. I don't know why. I just, it, no time to, oh, fuck verses. We're going right to the, to the catch. Uh, he sounds a little tortured here. Um, and he's kept, oh, I guess we can address this. The Julian Casablancas. Uh, vocal microphone sound that he, I don't know if he brought back or he, you know, it, it bring it back from the 60s or 70s sound. Kind of radio, radio. Yeah, it sounds like he's singing through a phone distorted. or something. Yeah. It's it's very like the the bass is taken out, 
and it sounds far away and there's distortion on it. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a there's actually what he did. Where I, I I didn't write down how he actually got got to do it. Um, but it's it's different from the first album. It's you can already hear the production's better. Yes. Just overall, there, yeah. there's a difference here. Yeah. Um. I, so it starts off with the chorus, and then it kind of goes into the shifty. We do we get the music going on at all? It, uh, we've talked long enough. Or just keep playing it, so we just have it in the back. But uh, it's got this cool kind of shifty verse going on underneath. Uh, I mean, the chords. They're kind of not not right here, but in the verse, they kind of skip right before the the next beat, so that everything's just a little off beat with the with the verse. I mean, with the, the guitar rhythm in the background. Um, and it's just it's got a build up right here, going into the solo. Let's listen to this for a second. talk shows but did you hear that shifting yeah. guitar underneath yeah. it's really cool it's just a, it just sounds a little off to me yeah. and then we'll stop it right after the snare comes back in hold on listen to this part right here just stop stop big snare sound I, I you know that's that snare sound that i think he was taking one day to try to figure out that kind of stuff yeah i, I could see him being obsessed like no i need it big and i want everything to drop back up pick back up there's a few times on the on the album where the drums just kick this it's it's always starts with the snare yeah comes in and it's just like fuck yeah well, like it's it's got power to it yeah and i know? think that's what i really like about the strokes is the songs are really simple but it's the arrangement we're gonna and we'll we'll keep going through uh, examples, but it's let's start the bass here. Add in one guitar, everything kicks in. Mm-hmm. Drop out the mm-hmm. drums, drop out the bass. Just have the guitars going for a second. Yeah. That, that's what and they could just done it straight up and it would have been monotonous if they just did it like most rock bands. Yeah. You just kind of everyone's rocking the whole time and then we stop. The, the arrangements is what makes the strokes the strokes. They definitely they definitely like layering. Yeah, you know, and, and every tone. Uh, between Nick's guitar and and uh, Nick's, Nick's and, and Albert's guitars, they they're doing two different things, but blend together just so fucking perfect. Yeah, I, I think if you're gonna pick besides Casablanca's his voice, the, the the major factor in making the Strokes what they are is the two guitars, and they're not two guys that just play the chords open. They're always yeah. playing. They're letting the bass. It's almost like a punk band where the bass is driving everything forward. And, and, and one thing on this, the first album, the bass is a little more all over the place. This one, they, they've had him uh, hold back a little bit. He's just kind of, he's not always playing just the bass notes, but he's yeah. holding everything down. Yeah. So the guitars can play not the actual root notes, but they're playing kind of higher inversions of the chords. Yeah. And they do this great weaving guitar playing, which I guess started back, I mean, there's a lot of other bands that do it, um, but th- I think they're really good at it. That's kind of their expertise is the is the weaving guitar. Because they're not they're not really doing anything else with 
uh, at least not in this album. They do later on, but like we were saying earlier, it's the it's the five dudes. Yeah, and and, and just you can only make so many sounds. Casabox doesn't play any instruments. No, nope. he's just singing. Which so. I think I think he wanted to make sure that he was. They wanted to bring back that lead singer where he can just concentrate on vocals yeah. and not because when you play when you play guitar and sing it's you're gonna be affected no matter what one, one, yeah well, and both of them will be. yeah and if you try to play these songs that that, that quick shift you, it would be almost impossible to sing it well and I think he wanted to make sure that he I mean he wrote a lot of the songs so he, now he wants to get up front and make sure that the yeah the singing's well uh, done well um, yeah great it's, great opener to mm-hmm. to their second album um, trying to show them that you know we're still here and we're, we're coming to kick a little ass on this album yeah. um, there is four songs out of the album that were recorded live that means all the, you know the drums the bass and the guitars who knows about the vocals I'm sure they dubbed that over this is the, one of them oh, nice. so this is a live take yeah and that, that doesn't mean guitars weren't done over but the the base the basic part of it they're all playing together they're all playing room. together yeah. right, and in different room, rooms but yeah yeah, yeah. So this is the first one, and it, it definitely has that live feel to it. I, I wonder how many takes it took to get it. Um, but I mean, if, if they came in ready to go, I mean, who knows? They, they, they spent three months on that, making the album. That's pretty. It's a pretty quick thing to do. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 a great way to start an album. Yeah, and uh, I don't. Uh, you know, we don't always have to talk about meanings behind the song. I don't know. Do you, do you really have any? No, I remember though listening to this song and the last uh i think it's the last verse or one of the like towards the end the oh tennessee what did you write yeah. uh and i remember just being like oh he means tennessee williams i knew that reference. that he does yeah <laughs> what is it that and um night of iguana it's from a uh, streetcar named desire hmm. the uh the main character stanley is a drunken mess and he's kind of just a kind of alluding to kind of alluding to that um so throwing out some uh, reference to a movie. Yeah, it's that you know that like Marlon Brando yeah. card, Stella, Stella. It's right. that it's it's that that dude. Right. So uh, just a kind of nice little it's them them showing off their their uh, their art degrees, <laughs> not their art degrees, the art school art yeah. school dudes. Yeah. Uh, just, a, just a cool little just a cool little line. Just remind everyone that yeah, I do love Lou Reed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, throwing out little references. And that's and that's a little. Uh, taster, little taster for for Lou Reed album, but that's I mean, Casablancas will be the first person to say, you know, if there was no Lou Reed, there would be no Julian Casablancas, and that's always like uh, a, a way for a, an artist to be humble, I guess. Who knows what what would have happened? But uh, yeah. a huge Velvet Underground and Lou Reed fan. I, uh, I find nothing wrong with that, or people like, oh, they sound too, uh, which they don't sound like Development no. Underground, but you're standing, everyone's standing on the shoulder of, of another giant. Yeah. You're, you're just trying to pick up where they left. Re- you talk to most artists that have accomplished something, and maybe that's why they did. They're like, yeah, of course I kind of ripped this off, mm-hmm. or I took this. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's no shame in it. No. This whole just, everything is just original from my mind, and this came from nowhere. Get out of here. Get out of here. You're not going to do that. And, and for people to be, Oh, dude's a Lou Reed ripoff. It's like it's really not yeah. lyrically and kind of the way he sings. Sometimes you go, oh, there's a little, yeah. there, there's a little Lou there. The feel. Um, but you're not. I'm not listening to a Stroke song, being like, oh, this is. Uh, yeah, I might as well put on Velvet Underground. Yeah, exactly. Which some um, douches would probably say. Yeah, and and it's funny because both being cool New York. Uh, I'll give them that. Cool New York dudes. There's, leather there's, jacket. Yeah, leather jacket. Kind of. Uh, uh, 
great senses of humor, both of them. Yeah. And just kind of, you know, great in interviews. Not great necessarily, but fucking with the people. Fuck, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. interesting interviews where you watch it. Yeah. And you go, ah, he's being a rock star right now. Yeah. Um, it's great. Don't be jealous because you're not. Yeah. He, he did it. You did. Yeah. So, enjoy your job. So, all like right. Music. Great first song of the album. And now we will go into what became maybe one of their biggest songs. pop songs of uh, the 2000s yeah one of the biggest uh reptilia um i mean what what an intro and then this little octave kind of playing and there's the that arrangement bass, that, we're going to that, that, that uh, descending bass there yeah is perfect. dropping off um, well i mean this song was already a big radio song anyways and then it came out on guitar hero and definitely, I, I remember yeah. getting a rock band or guitar or one of those. Oh, yeah. I might have been a rock band. Yeah. I remember just being like, fuck yeah, I yeah. get to play a Strokes song. And, and, and this one, you know. And that I've gone to, I've seen the Strokes four times now. And I think every time I'm there, I'm, I do this. Again, you're singing along. You know? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let's listen to this solo. This is a great solo for them. And then we'll get into the song. So on that on that solo, he just does that, you know, just the beginning, like George is saying, it's almost just very easy start and end. It does that, just so you can sing along with it. Mm -hmm. it the whole purpose of mm -hmm. this thing is to keep singing along. Julian Casablanca drops out vocally, you sing along to the next thing. If that if that line drops out, you'll you'll sing along to the bass line, do 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 do, yeah. jump it back in. It's it's just everything's catchy one after another. It's a cyclical catch, uh, uh, cyclical catchy. Uh, Vortex that they always seem to go on. Yeah. It's like you can take snippets of every song and sing along, like you were saying. Yeah. Just sing along to that part. It's kind of just handing off. Here you go. Now, yep. now listen to this part. Yeah. You got this guitar. See, now I'm singing along to yeah. it. That's what I do yeah. when you listen to it. And then the drums do that little fill. Yeah, and, and, and in this album, he, he kind of holds it back a little bit, but Fab Moretti is one of the most just like fundamentally perfect drummers where he's a drum machine yeah and I'm, again seeing them live I'm like watching the guy and he's just kicking back 
with his doing the, the, the cross storms. Yeah, he's not thing. doing fills. And he's not doing crazy shit. Never. But it's, it's perfect. It, it's exactly what the two needs to be. Well, if you're going to write dancey type of music, the less fills and the more just staying on that beat. I yeah. mean, hip hop doesn't have much fills and it's dancey because you're just staying on that beat. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. You start going all Neil Peart, you're gonna lose that drive. Yeah, and you can, and you can call that easy. Sure, maybe, but uh, again, it's it's. I call it fitting the song. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, and in this one, they in, not in this tune, but in um, different ones, the snare will be a drum machine where it's actually you know yeah the st- everything else could be a an actual kit, but the snare would just to have that extra weird little tone yeah. you know, for the snare. It'll be a drum machine. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty much going back to like a Ringo type of setup. I mean, he's just playing with the bare minimums. He doesn't need all the toms no. and stuff. A couple songs he will, but for the most part, he just needs snare, hi-hat. Yeah, a big tom. Big tom, yeah. and, and that's about bass. it. Um, so yeah, it starts off nice with that. They, they like to start off with a nice running one-note bass line, kind of mm-hmm. get you in the rhythm. Um, and I don't know if this song kind of it, it, it just it feels like to me it's just known for that feedback that comes in at beginning yeah. and at the end. Yeah, you know that's it's nice. It's nothing too tricky, but it's perfect. It, instead of just coming in, they have the feedback come creep in on you. Reptilia, and this is I just thought of this, but it almost sounds like that that guitar comes like come whipping in like a reptile and like a little uh, fucking tail. tail. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Reptilia. Uh, what, what what are we talking about here, George? I, now that I've listened to two songs on this album, it sounds like Casablancas might be in a bad relationship or coming out of a bad relationship. Yeah, and the album is kind of bad relationship. With, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of uh, there's a lot of I mean real real life just kind of like annoyance with your significant other, uh, just stuff you don't like about them, and some 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 of it's some stuff you do like, but a lot of it's just kind of. Uh, not angry, just like annoyed. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It seems like almost like you're you're on my ass enough here, and uh, I'm gonna try to move on without you if if need be, woman. Yeah, the no. the line, the wait is now over. I'm taking o- now, I'm now taking over. You're no longer laughing. I'm not drowning fast. Enough. I I do like how he gets. I do like how he gets a little. Uh, I don't know what the philosophical on himself when he says now every time I look at myself I thought I told you the world is not for you I don't know if that's his ego kind of picking up or trying to tell himself that all this hype about him yeah I, I think he's 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 definitely looking, looking inwards and just kind of like ugh, just yeah self-loathing almost two years ago I was shit, shitty McGee yeah. at the bar and now I'm yeah. um, on top of the world. Now I'm the Shitty McGee. The, now I'm Mr. Shitty McGee. <laughs> uh, but what a hell of a what a hell of a song. Yeah. If, I, if you don't like this song, then you, I guess you just don't like the Strokes. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like this song, I'm not saying like you, you have to love it and want to get the lyrics tattooed on your back. But this song is is it simply cannot be denied. I'm gonna go ahead and and make a bold statement like that. It's it's one of the it's one of the best pop songs of all time. It's got some really cool guitar playing uh, underneath the chorus, um, and that's actually Albert Hammond Jr. doing it. It's just this kind of little. I'm not gonna. 
I don't know how else to. Oh, I know. I know exactly the exact part you're talking yeah. about. Just the way you sang along. Yeah, underneath the course, <laughs> it's actually just it's really fun to kind of play along to. Um, and it's this is where it, it first shows that uh, just them touring for the last two years and the guitar playing, they're better players. Mm -hmm. They're tighter. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, everything is everything's kind of uh, enhancing this. I think the 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 songwriting, the guitars, the drums, uh, everything they they just. You can call it, uh, is this it part two, but also is this it with a little more production value, a little better, uh, just more experience playing yeah. everything. Yeah. I just, I think it's tighter. Um, I, I, some days I think it's a better album, but that's for another day. Yeah. Um, great, great. I mean, this became one of their singles. It's not their first single. We'll be there soon. So then we can go back, but. I heard this one, and yeah, I I knew this band was uh, legit. I already saw them on tour too. I, I actually saw them in Coachella 2002, before this came out, um, and I had the same kind of experience. I wanted to see what all the hype was about, and mm. they, even that early age, one album, they came and they killed it. Yeah, for me. I mean, live they're they're, and and I love band. I mean, it, it, I like okay, I like bands that play the record. Yeah. Uh, play true to the record but I, I also have you know i like bands jamming out and seeing how they you know especially bands like like not legacy bands necessarily but you know i i like when red hot chili peppers will play under the bridge a little differently right you or know, they'll jam before it or yeah it, it'll do something to, to to bring it back but uh i the strokes play very much to the album Casablanca's will do a little you know uh, different vo uh, vocal Coming arrangements because I mean, at this point they've been playing the song for fucking 15 years now yeah um or 12 years but uh, uh they play it true to the record and yeah. it, that's what you want to hear it, it makes for a fun concert experience absolutely if, absolutely. if, if, if you're if you want to just kind of drift off to music and just hear some another angle of the song this isn't the band to see they're gonna yeah. they're gonna play it pretty tight to the way that yeah. it sounds on record and that and that's really what you want to hear yeah well first you want to see can some bands can't Maybe that's almost like a reaction to what was going on too. Is a lot of these bands at that time were overproducing albums, and you saw them live, and they weren't holding up to yeah. their their bargain. Yeah, and the, but that's the beauty of of having sort of stripped down rock yeah. is that you can perform. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can you can kill it. Like you, what you hear is what you're going to see at yeah. the at the yeah. at the and local venue. And like you said, in uh, whatever happened was you know recorded and recorded live. That definitely helps your your chances of, of putting on a great live show. Yeah, you, you can all nail it together as a band, mm -hmm. and you're not doing too much tricky stuff, but um, it's still, you gotta, you can hear the, the couple years of touring together. Uh, pretty solid for just this type of rock you're doing, you know? They're not doing some uh, progressive rock where they're doing much uh, time signature changes. It's just straight up on the floor. Um, yeah, good tune. Well, great tune. Uh, mm -hmm. Going into song number three, which is... Uh, you know, if I have three, I guess I'll pick three favorite songs off the album. This is one of them for me. Uh, automatic stop.
That this song does not sound like is this it at all to me. This no. is this is like a not a leap forward, but it's not it, it's not uh, strokies ish and and that kind of what just strokies ish ish <laughs> strokey ish strokies ish. Um, it's a it's a reggae ish type song. It was originally called the Raga. The Raga. The Raga. Because uh, it sounded reggae. Yeah, so that's that, cool. That was the original name of it. Uh, it's got that off drumby. That it almost sounds like two different songs. The the bass and the drum are playing their thing, and the, the the reggae just sounds a little off. Like something sounds like it's about to fall apart mm-hmm. at any moment. Um, and then right here, I think it's one of the saddest guitar lines. That do 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 do. It's it's so sad. I think even I think even the solo. Yeah, it's just a little melancholy. Yeah, yeah. It, but that, that but that rundown, that guitar line is just it's it's I don't know it's it's always had this really melancholy feel to me. Um, it, it, again, the song's kind of about moving on, um, and and you also hear the for the first time that will kind of be a prominent sound on this album is the keyboard guitar. It's it's just a normal yeah. guitar, but the keyboard sound the yeah the synth the, the cars the, the cars yeah. kind of sound. Uh-huh. This is the the first introduction. There it is right here. Yeah. So that, that kind of became one of their trademark sounds for this album on a couple of the bigger songs, especially on their next, the, the first single. Um, and it, it's a really cool tone to add yeah. to this type of music. Mm-hmm. It makes it, it takes away kind of that rough sound that they've been going for a little bit. It gives a little smoothness to it. Um, I'm not your friend. I never was. It's quite a brutal. Yeah. I think, and I think this is uh, one of the examples of the, I think I have the, the Lou Reed lyrical influence kind of popping in here mm-hmm. uh if you break down the lyrics it's kind of it's kind of a lou reedy lou reedy lou reedian tune Lou-Ridian. um Stro- yeah. strokey yeah. <laughs> we're coming up with genres of uh of music here we're, we're groundbreaking um i like the the line the the change from the first time they said it to the second time the uh, so many fish there in the sea i wanted you you wanted me it's just a phase it's got to pass i was a train moving too fast uh, and then later on in there, switches it up, makes it a little, little. Oh, what's going on here? So many fish in the sea. She wanted him. He wanted me. A little bizarre love triangle. Little love triangle. Here, huh? Little. Uh, he's a good-looking dude. Yeah, I'm sure he's got <laughs> great lips and beautiful hair and those eyes. I mean, so those eyes are, are just heavenly. He 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 probably meets a couple and he's like, oh god, this girl wants me. And then, no, the dude wants him, and he's like, what the, what what's going on here? It's yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants me. Yeah, what no, are you gonna know. do? Well, I mean, kind of. That's kind of what the uh, I was a train moving too fast lyric is. Is just kind of he's he's kind of going the he's doing the self deprecating route again. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just again, no, no, I'm not. Nobody's calling Julia Casablancas the. Uh, the greatest songwriter or the most prolific or you know greatest songwriter ever <laughs> of all time maybe uh but he uh, just like the rest of the band they get the fucking job done yeah i, I think and he knows what to fit what lyrics to fit in perfectly yes. the way to sing it he's got he's got a lot of great like just kind of turn of phrases and stuff where it's clever it's not you know 
it's not she was my baby she's my girl kind of yeah you know, yeah like, and, and, and I hear complaints that he's he's got that kind of I don't give a fuck how I'm singing fucking drawl just you whatever just yeah. a little loungy but it's not like he's doing it where he's just you know some of these emo singers who's like I can barely sing I just, don't want you to hear you hear everything he's saying yes. he's not he's not drooling away in a sad corner kind of no. like I don't want anyone to just understand me and I, and I personally love his voice yeah, I think a, it's it's very it's the right uh, it's the right amount of bass in his voice where he's, he's still a very man it's still a very manly voice even when he does his falsettos yeah. uh, which not too not in this album but no. later on in his yeah. career he will like He'll start opening He'll up. He'll start doing that. Um, but I, I think he's got a great... I love his loungy style of uh, loungy style of singing. Yeah, and, and, and this song, too, the drums almost sound like a drum machine. Yeah, that's that, that snare I was talking about earlier where the drum... Yeah. Yeah. See, everything else is... Everything else is a live, live guitar or live drums. I'm... Of course not. And then, and then we, and, but then here we go. We drop out. Everything yeah. comes out, and then the bass will start kicking up. It's just those little arrangements that are everything come back in. Here's the sad guitar line. Come on, this is sad. Totally. Like you just yeah. see him with his head down, just fuck. Mm-hmm. But there's that. The, yeah, it's, a, it's it's like a clappy snare. Yeah. But then the chorus kind of comes in like, wake up, let's get back into it. Yeah. It doesn't do it right there, but. Uh, I, I really like the song. Uh, it's for me. It's different for them. It feels like the first kind of abrupt shift. Not abrupt. I don't know what that word. Just it's it's, it's, it's an not, improvement. Yeah, it's it's not the uber uber dancing poppy stuff. It's yeah, a little, it's a little slower. It's a yeah. little, you know. And it's got that reggae feel to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, rock reggae. And thank God he didn't do like, yeah, man, you know, he just. <laughs> I'm not your friend. I never was, man. <laughs> but I love you still, man. Always and forever. I wanted him and he wanted me. Bruh, bruh, bruh. Smoke up the ganja. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Uh... I want to hear Casablanca's Tusa Burger now. <laughs> uh, great tune. I, I really do like that one. Um, some reason I wrote down Cindy Lauper, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I think he said something about that, that they got the drums the drum sound from that song and they wanted to make it like a girls just want to have fun Cindy Lauper type mm-hmm. of song <laughs> I didn't know that that's funny yeah and, 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 and also during this they were trying to get John Lennon and Michael Jackson drum sounds that was their kind of the goal they would listen into a lot of John Lennon solo and Michael Jackson so uh, his records yeah. trying to get those drum sounds and you'll hear some of that maybe on the next song um, let's let's go on to the next song like I said one of my favorite automatic stop uh, but this is this is the s- next song that introduced the second album. This was their first single, 1251.
All right, I'm coming. Well, we're going to turn it down from there because we're already halfway through the song. Very short song. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Cars, anyone? The yeah, Cars. Absolutely. The Cars are back. The uh, And this this is my favorite Stroke song, uh, probably of all of their catalog. There's something about... There's something about the, the, the it's the perfect riff. It's in, it, it's a very happy riff, and I don't normally I n- normally like songs that have claps, but they ha- they use the clap Perfectly. perfectly yeah. in this uh, in this song. And uh, yeah, it, it's 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 a party song. You put this on at a at a party, yeah, and it's just a good time. It's that kind of song. Yeah, absolutely. It, the, I, I like that he sings along with the this part coming up here. I love the way the drums. And they're not really doing anything much more, but picked up in the ride. So if you if you don't feel that song or that song doesn't get you a little excited, you've lost all the fun in your life. Yeah, it, it's it's You're just a great. Uh, I mean, this song just the the title twelve fifty one. I think in an interview, Casablanca says that's the time that you fuck. There you like, go. In the in the, in the night twelve fifty one is just the time of fucking. Or then, or you're home by then. You're like I didn't fuck. Didn't or fuck. Yeah. I'm drunk and yeah. Yeah, I, I like the 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 lyrics for this one. To me, are very. Uh, it, it's it's. Not tongue in cheek. It's it, it's a honest, honest uh, interpretation or an honest night. A guy's being honest about his night. Where uh, was the line? The um, oh, really, your folks are away now. All like, right, kind of coming like, over. All right, yeah, time to come over. The it, fuck it, going to the party? Let's get some forties. You yeah. know, just it's just a good time with the with the with the girl he wants to with the girl he wants to have sex with. And the, and this album came out when I was like twenty three. I, I was in that in that mode for sure. Bringing forties to parties, just being that person, whatever. Maybe you were never that person, but it's just party time. Yeah, it, it's just a great. This song is just celebration of that moment, youth. that youth. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the line, talk the first one. Talk to me now. I'm older. Your friends uh, told you because I told her. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that was in reference to Courtney Love. Uh, Casablanca or uh, Strokes were playing a show, and Courtney Love was there. And Casablanca was trying to spit some game at her, and she was just kind of like, "Yeah, like, all right, cutie, like, you know, you're, you're, talk to me when you're older." I, if I, I believe that's what it was, or at least that's the folklore behind. Uh, See, I, yeah, I, I actually, that. I thought I read something different where she was trying to hit on him, and she loved the Strokes, and she, she apparently was really into him, and yeah. he was just like, nah, "No, I'm good. okay, then, then you already killed Kurt Cobain. Yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna kill. You're not freak. killing me, brah." <laughs> Um, yeah, okay. There's some, something with Courtney Love about her being the older, her being the older woman, and, and so begins the he said, she said, yeah, exactly. bullshit, yeah. limp biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice reference. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, this is where the keyboard guitar. I mean, so it, it happened in that last song, "Automatic Stop," but we didn't. If if, if you went, go chronologically, you didn't hear that until you got the album. But this is the first time you heard this. Yeah. Um, and he spent like uh, Nick spent hours and hours 
just trying to get that sound. Well, he was trying to get a sound, but it it was kind of accidentally to get that exact sound. I mean, he was trying to find some kind of jazz tone. This is what he says. Just down just a little bit, and like maybe it sounds different on the other one. I don't sure. Uh, he was trying to get a nice jazz tone, so he was trying to get that smooth sound. Um, he had the guitar tone turned all the way down, and he accidentally stepped on his uh, Deville channel, switching the foot pedal. Uh, and the gain on it, so it's like he's adding distortion. The gain was on 12, and it sounded like an analog synth. He yeah, said it, he it said sounds it's like a, a video game. He says it sounds like a weird heavy metal Joe Satriani tone. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. That cheesy, like, if you, saw, if you heard Joe Satriani play this, like, amazing. Yeah. It's got that tone, too. Yeah. Uh, so I, another, he was looking for a perfect tone, but it also was accident. Yeah, and I think another myth or folklore of this tone, it, not it just something that happened. Uh, one of his buddies or something knew that he was spending all this time to, to make it sound like a... Like a like a keyboard, some sort of keyboard, guitar, and then the guy, his friends, just like, well, why didn't then why didn't you just use a fucking keyboard? And it, he said to him, it never occurred. But then in that moment, it was just like, like fuck you, yeah, like, like how dare you? I spent so long trying to get, find this tone. He just said, he goes, I'm on the Strokes and just slapped him. Yeah, I got great hair, um, but I, I love it. This this song always makes me feel. I don't know, it just brings that, like, happy, happy, youthful, whatever. I agree. Uh, it's great. Originally called Supernova. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was obviously named after uh, Ray Lamonte's album that came out in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, George, another thing, this is the second of the four songs that was recorded live. Oh, really? Yep. Nice. Yeah, I love this. The, the end here, it's like he's not really even doing much different with the drums, like I was saying earlier. Yeah. But he's he's hitting the ride. Yeah. He's picking up the ride. Brings it a little, uh, brings yeah. It a little more. That that that's what brings up like the first time seeing them at Coachella was, and I've said this over again, is is the little arrangements they have, but it's the drum thing. And all right, uh, full disclosure, I was on ecstasy when I first saw them, uh-huh. so I was picking up on every little sound. Yeah. Uh, but the just his the way he would. Pick, ride the tom during a certain part and then drop it out. Everything was just perfectly picked up to bring it up, bring it up, and and kind of what dance music does: mm-hmm. bring it up, bring it up, bring it down. Yeah, drop yeah. It. They they do that for rock mm-hmm. instead of just you know just going all out on the drums doing something. He just nicely takes things up and then maybe just plays the snare for a second. No, yeah. not even bass bass kick. Just he he kind of does that. So it, everything kind of picked up and dropped. And I I hadn't had that feeling. I've gone to a lot of rock shows before that. Of course, the drugs help, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't have that kind of dance feel for a rock band in a long time. Everything was just kind of which is which is a great thing where it's like it's kind of bringing back that Carl Perkins, Elvis Presley, yeah. like uh, Little Richard shit. I was just like, let's dance to this shit. Let's have fun. This is the forget the whole reason for rock and roll is for us is it's fun. Yeah, it, but at the same time, he's not being like, let's go have some fun. It, this song, he kind of is, but yeah. he's also saying like, I don't want to fucking go out no. tonight. And yeah. then like, what? Oh, you, your parents are out? All right, let's get fucked up. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Ah, it's a great one. He's been won over. Um, yeah, I mean, just a killer single. And it's got the, uh, Casablancas has said it, bef- uh, I mean, like admittedly, they took the tone from that, or the, uh, Kind of the melody from Sonic Youth's uh, "Bull in the Heather" song. I remember hearing that song and it being like familiar because I, I was I had like a pretty heavy Sonic Youth phase. Mm. Uh, Not that aware. And it, it's just got some of it, but Casablanca's has, has like readily just been like, yeah, it was basically the 
the the vocal melody and the fact the uh it, it's the 1251 oh, right. was the time love that part though. yeah that part that vocal that kind of stops in between the time is what he took from that bull in the heather song uh which is kind of cool just a little uh little fun it's fact. a really catchy part to it yeah so there's some like uh there's some folklore and 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 history to this song yeah it's only 10 years old and it's already got some uh, folklore going on <laughs> now first four songs this to me it, it doesn't sound like is this it at all now this is where i think it does fall into i don't i don't think they revert i don't think these songs are terrible but this this next little section here the next three songs and then I looked it up when we were doing research for this. These are the oldest songs coming up for the album. Oh, okay. And and to me, they do sound is this it ish. Mm-hmm. They they have the uh, if I think I know where you're going with this. They have the repetitive uh, the they have the repetitive uh, phrases. If they, repetitive they phrases. Kinda, they, they they try to nail in. Uh, you talk way too much or. Uh, Meet me in the bathroom. Yeah, they just they repeat these phrases. Um, and I love. I I think uh, you talk way too much is great. Me, oh no, I like them. I just uh, I feel like if you put twelve fifty one on the first album, you'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. This this song is different from the other ones. If mm-hmm. you put on Reptilia, it wouldn't stand up. What whatever happened? It, not that not that they would be alien music, and you'd be like, what is this? Like, I don't understand this. Yeah. <laughs> is this even the Strokes? Yeah. But uh, th- f- these next three, y- you could. Out of all the out of all the songs, these are the three that I feel like you could slip on to the first album, and there's nothing wrong with that. I no. mean, a lot no. of whatever. I'm done with talk, I'm done yeah. fucking yeah. worrying about that. Uh, so let's go to the next song. You talk way <laughs> too much, and and as a 23 year old man, I was uh, feeling this a lot, yeah, talking absolutely. to some of the ladies out in L.A. Absolutely. Here we go. too much oh you talk way too much this song would just be stuck in my head when someone was yapping about god only knows about themselves usually um i would just hear (laughs) good old julian just you talk way too much over and over um it's him repeating it but just even the instrumentation and just the the rhythm it's just kind of it's not bad it's just it's got that basic more basic it's not being as progressive as the strokes could be at this moment sound to me and that's the only that's the only thing it does sound like 
it's a, a little more monotonous than what we've been hearing. Yeah. It, yeah. Even the sounds, you know, you, you don't have the keyboard anymore, the key, mm-hmm. guitar sound. Um, but I, I like the song. Yeah, and they go, they do the, I mean, you can kind of break down all stroke songs. Uh, maybe not all of them, but a good majority of the stroke song by, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, solo, or, you know, a little breakdown. And this this has that where it's got that. Well, the solo's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and they're always they're always good. They're always great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's definitely the the downstrokes. Maybe that's probably why they're called the strokes. But they do the the. Yeah. No, that's definitely a style they're playing. They're not doing the rhythm up down up down up down. It's just down 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 yeah maybe that's i don't know i think the strokes is a great name but maybe it was the downstrokes kind of i'm glad they didn't call themselves the downstrokes yeah that would have been uh wouldn't have been as good um yeah i i think at the end of the day it's just about someone who just talks too much yeah about what uh now we're out of time it said it's my fault it's my fault can't make good decisions it won't stop it won't stop give me some time I think it's just the relationship or, or being nagged maybe for procrastinating and just stop talking about this shit. Like I'll get there. Leave me alone. I, I don't know. Um, we don't get the news. He says, why not? Why not? Forget what you heard. Cause it won't stop. It won't stop. You talk way too much. Um, yeah. I just like, is this how it's going to end? Is you just blabbering and I'm just, I'm over it. I don't I need, yeah, I need to hear I, any more. I, I think so. Um, yeah, it's kind of just, kind of just the straight up dude being, being just tired of it. Just tired. You know? Just stop. Yeah. And he even sound, you just, you talk yeah. way too much. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's, he doesn't want to be an asshole. Yeah. He's not yelling at someone, but he's just, dude, just fucking stop. Just, just read a fucking book. Uh, you know, and it's probably nagging a you know, combination of just, it's just sounds like. I, I love these uh, these kind of honest, uh, relatable lyrics. Where yeah. it's, it's there's nothing you know fancy schmancy about any of it, but it's just like yeah, been there, dude. It could been it could there. be it could be the fans just like dude, uh, blah 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 blah. This is what you should do. You you know just everyone just yeah. relax. Stop telling me what. Uh, What's I got new? It. Yeah, yeah. Y- you form a band and become big, and then uh, then we'll talk, buddy. Um, just just a. I just consider this just a straight up rock. I would like to play the, the solo. I, we were just getting to it. You might have played a little bit, but I, I think it's a little tasty. Let's go to it at 112 around there. Um, Nick Valencia on Z Solo. transition to, to the, the layers there where he, the, he stops talking and then even the drums kind of do a little something different there yeah george and i were doing this hand dance i was like doing this little finger jiggle to it yeah i can't you're playing guitar i was playing it on keys yeah we're both shaking our heads yeah shaking yeah i guess you can't see what we're doing but it's catchy it's and he's he never tries to be guitar hero never like showing off but he kind of is just in the in a in a subtle guitar playing, I, I, I don't know, as, as a guitar player, and just I think other one, other guitar players would just respect. He he he, he sings along. He, he writes a melody. He does a. He kind of likes to start at the beginning, with a little, 
kind of melody, go off a little bit, do some bends, mm -hmm. do some nice, and then stands. come back and, and sing it again yes. one more time so you get that card in your head. Yeah, exactly. Traditional. And that, that's definitely what helps the, the catchiness of all of the tunes. They, they refuse to not be catchy. Yeah. They want these songs to be in your head forever. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like I, I might not listen to the strokes for a little while. I come right back, and it's like I, I know every song. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's that catchy, and it's that simple. Um, and, and, and a thing about these guys is they're actually better players than they could, they're even doing or playing now. They, they, they could all do more wizardry type of yeah. progressive rock if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, I mean, Nick Valencia is a, a really great guitarist. Um, I, and we, George and I were joking about this before. I always thought when this band first started that Albert Hammond Jr. was the lead guitarist just because he had a cool afro. <laughs> I was, what, 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 what am I, I'm judging off of? Uh, Lenny Kravitz. Well, Lenny Kravitz' guitarist has that too, but what, when you're judging someone off of how they look. Prejudice? I'm being, oh, I guess I was being prejudiced. Yeah. I just, I saw Albert Hammond Jr. with this, this great afro. And he had like a sharp suit on. I was like, this has to be the lead guitarist. Yeah. Nick Valencia is the dude in the background. His head's down. Yeah. He's kind of chill. He's got a whole bunch of fucking um, bracelets on mm -hmm. and shit. He's just kind of, maybe he's just the sensitive uh, rhythm guitarist. The dude's a badass guitarist. He's a motherfucker. And he plays most of the solos. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every time it's just like, how do you, how do you just like consistently nail it? You know? And, 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 That's and his I'm job. sure a lot of that, yeah. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's got, you know, great, uh, great vocal shit to go off of. Yeah. You know, if Casamancas is writing his songs and like melodies kind of right, you know, you, okay, just, just follow along with this melody and not, not that he does it. He does it for 1251, not necessarily this one, but I mean, the fact that you can sing along to it just kind of, to me, tells me, well, it's, he's going off melody. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and Casablanca's is a great, great, writes great melodies. And Valencia's a humble man. He doesn't, from interviews I've read, he's, he doesn't like to, he doesn't like to fuck around or be fucked around with people. He doesn't trust a lot of people. He says that he only trusts like the band and a couple of friends. He's mm -hmm. very secluded, but he knows he's a good guitarist and he's not ashamed to say he's not, he doesn't hide behind it, but he knows yeah. his, he, he knows he could do more. And I, I'm surprised he doesn't have like a solo album or anything like that. I, I know he plays on other people's records. We do Little Joy. Nope, that was uh, Fabrizio. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. which is a, well, he, a great I think album. He, I mean, he played. He played. I think on Little. He might have played on. It. I didn't think um, Julian plays on the solo album. Yeah, they all. They all have. Well, they don't have all the solo albums, but uh, Fabrizio has Little Joy. One record. It's a. It's adorable little mellow. Mm -hmm. I don't even. It's. It's a nice. It's nice. Easy yeah. record. I, I dig it's, it. There's, I mean, it's got some Little great Joy songs. is is a appropriate name. For, it's uh, it's a bar in uh, Echo Park. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Little Joy. That's yeah. It, that's how it feels. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, I mean, Casablanca's solo record is one of my favorite albums. Yep. Uh, He's got one phrases of the young. That's yeah. just kind of. Uh, it, it, it's it, it, old it, school. It could be a Strokes yeah. album. Yeah. Uh, there's a, th I mean, there's a there's enough difference where it, it, like that. I well, really it's more that '80s sound that he, they yeah. start going towards. Yeah. And um, and Albert Hammer Jr. has got his own thing like going three on. Three or four at least. Yeah. Uh, great ones. Um, this last one was great. At the last or two years ago when they. When Casablanca's had the voids, or just before he started uh, doing Casablanca's in the voids, Albert Hammond Jr. played a record, uh, came out with a record, and they were and Strokes was kind of doing a tour. Uh, I saw them twice at Governor's Ball in New York and FYF here in LA, and was what was awesome was that it, most of these festivals or FYF was two nights, 
yeah, FYF was two nights, but they would have Casablanca's do a solo, uh, a solo set. Hammond, uh, Albert Hammond Jr. would do a solo set, and then they would do a stroke. So mm. it was like cool. I got to see, you know, yeah. got to see them do their own. Shot Shang, motherfuckers. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus Christ, so you, you're yeah. already set being in the strokes, playing the headline. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then you can you you tap in on the. Uh, so that's early, what it's all about, guys. Getting that money. If you're not doing it for money, I mean, the amount of money we're doing this. Yeah, we like music and stuff, but yeah. I mean, we're in this for the the bitches. I actually have a. a, a the thing on, I have a computer off to the side and it just shows how much money we're making per minute. So I'm just talking <laughs> slower and <laughs> slower. As we're, we at an hour, we're at an hour and a half and we're, uh, yep, there's we're just reached the halfway point. There's of this the, month's rent of the album. done. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, the, so they did some solo albums. I, I don't know where we were going off of that. Uh, but uh, back to you talk way too much, which was what we were doing. We yeah. went off the tangent there. <laughs> see, see what that Find song that. does to you? It's yeah. that powerful that it makes you start talking way mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. And again, we're getting paid so much that, I, I mean, I could talk for hours. Yeah. Um, but so that this is the beginning of Is This It Part 2, if I want to be a dick about it. Um, that was the first song. But, you know, and not these, well, I, I, like I'm apologizing, like these are bad songs. Uh, is This It is considered one of the best all-time debut albums. Yeah. Uh, ever so, yeah. if they write okay. songs that are kind of like that, yeah, you're always forgiven. Yeah. Um, and one more thing about the song before we move on, it's the n- third out of the four installment of live songs. Very the next nice. live one. Very nice. Hey, can you tell the difference in, in recording? I'm gonna say yeah to sound smart. Yeah. Or to sound like can, I know. I mean, not really. Sometimes you can. I mean, sometimes it's just got that push and pull. You know that people talk about and that you feel on the certain song. It, some songs sound stagnant. Not, I'm not talking about the strokes, but sometimes it, it seems like everyone now just doesn't record live. It's just that's not what you do. Yeah. Back in the day, you it's had it. To well, you're a good band. You yeah. fucking do that shit. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you record the vocals and everything live, but you at least lay down the, the rhythm. Yeah. Pretty tight, and then maybe you do the solos and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But you can't get the bass, the drums, and the rhythm. It's down. A how are you a band then? Yeah, get out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just practice a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Before you're ready to make a record, how about learning how to play together? Uh, but I mean, we live in the, the copy, cut, copy, paste, move shit around. And I don't know. Sometimes it's, I, I don't want to be that, I'm not that music snob that's like, no, I can tell the difference and I listen to vinyl only. And I'm definitely not that. I, l- I listen to Spotify. I play it out of shitty speakers sometimes and I enjoy music. I'll play it out of my phone when I'm going to bed. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I just love listening to music, um, but sometimes you you definitely can feel a, a live song. Um, I don't think it's you have to do it, but no. I, I like knowing that bands do it. It gives me more respect to absolutely, the band. Absolutely, absolutely. I think it just kind of a kind of those intangible things about uh, a band. You just kind of give them a little more respect. We were saying earlier about yeah. the, the or it the shows in their live. It shows absolutely. in their live show. Absolutely. I mean, like a band like. Um, band that kind of always gets criticized for it and maybe not now as much but mgmt yeah. when they came out i mean the oracular oracular spectacular yeah. album I actually just listened to it yesterday and it's just like that's kind of a perfect album too they just blew up um, so quick for what up, they weren't even yeah. thinking was gonna happen yeah i mean all the all that most of that record was like already was just made by computer yeah. laptop songs yeah. and then but that was shit that they couldn't do live and yeah when they were like okay well now you guys are the biggest band in the, in the moment in the world you're the biggest band in the moment go play it and then it's like oh you guys suck the, because it, it's just like well they didn't that's that but that's fine you they made a great record that it will stand the test of time probably but um you know 
a great band's a band that makes great albums and is great live. I well, mean, yeah, gotta I, have the combination. I think in the long run, it's it's nice to be a band that you get noticed more for your your live shows, and then you make a great record. But uh, to get out there in the world now, that you need to hit them with that first album. So a big, I think it's actually better to have a big album, and then you everyone knows MGMT now. Even mm-hmm. if they're like, oh, they fell off, you still know them. So if they do something, you'll you'll jump back on instead yeah. of being like, I don't know this band. Mm-hmm. They've been around for twenty years, and they finally wrote a good album. They're yeah. a great live band. You're like, I don't give a shit. I yeah. don't know. I mean, live even even if you're a great live band, uh, even if you kind of start off as a good live band, you'll always you'll get better with just time. Right. Just kind of like that 10,000 yeah, 10, yeah. hours exactly. rule or whatever. Yeah. And well, and the strokes, they did kind of put in there 10,000 hours or whatever you want to put it. Maybe it was 800. Maybe it wasn't yeah. 10,000. Um, but they, they were just doing the little New York circuit. They, it's not like they just, again, were just daddy gave them money and they made a, let's make a record because yeah. we know how to play a guitar A chord and G chord. Mm-hmm. Like, these guys were playing out live and they were they had a huge following. I think that's most important is if you get a little local following there's something there you can't deny it yeah, if it's not just your mo- like New York. if it's not just your mom coming out and your fucking friends yeah, yeah. you got something because yeah, it's hard enough yeah. for anyone to give a shit about anything yeah um, and in a city like new york i mean yeah. the biggest city in the fucking united states yeah one of the most popular cities in the world yeah where i mean just every given fucking moment any night you go out in l.a too it's just like these bands that we're spoiled. There, you, 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 any given night, you can see the next such and such band. But there's so much fucking shit to do. Yeah. Where it's like, why would anybody give a fuck about anybody unless they're good? Then you start yeah. getting a following. I, I, I always get confused about even when I was around some people in like Echo Park area or Silver Lake or just when I talk to people that are like support your local bands. And they're like, listen to this band, they're great. And you listen to them, and they're like, they're okay. they're okay. And then you're like, I, you, you tell them you like the Strokes. And they're like, nah, fuck the Strokes. Those guys suck. Yeah. It's like, they are 3,000 times better than any local band yeah. you just showed me. Yeah. But they because, were once a local because band. Because they're local. Yeah, if they were your friends, you'd be you'd let them shoot cum stains on yeah, your fucking I face. I mean, they're not even my friends, and I'd let them shoot cum stains on exactly. my face. So. Exactly. But I, there's this weird disconnect. Once you don't know the person, it's much easier to be like, now nah, this band's shit. If they were your buddies, you'd be you you would use it to get laid. I know yes. I know Julian Casablancas. You yeah. do? Can you get me to a show? Of course. Yeah, they're one of my favorite bands. Yeah. But you don't know them. Now they suck. Yeah, but and, but you, you introduced me to this shitty, arty band that's lo-fi. terrible. Yeah, and it, it, a lot of that is kind of the what's what's funny about the Strokes is the uh, air, Sorry, air so quotes angry. hipster. Thing about they it. were they had a little hipster thing going on. Yeah, but even the, like well now like you were saying like oh the Strokes suck. It's them being like yeah. well they're fucking popular yeah. and they they write catchy tunes. Like give me something that's not catchy and give me something that's out of tune. Yeah, give that's me something the shit that I like. Give me something born, bro. <laughs> I want born. Or just give me a punk uh, band that sounds like every other punk band that's ever played. That's what I want to hear. Exactly. Um, what's hilarious is remember about ten minutes ago we said we talk way too much. We have not progressed to the next fucking song. <laughs> Dude, I blame Julian so bad for this. How dare you? We will be suing Julian Casablancas uh, for talking way too fucking yeah. much like a bunch of chatty Cathy's yeah, again. We need more money. Um, yeah, yeah, I think hold on. So I can pay for next month. Yeah, so we can go to the next song okay, now. Cool. Uh, and I can <laughs> I, it'll help out with my drug uh, habit. <laughs> uh, on to the next song Between Love and Hate <laughs> Watch 
between love and hate. I First of all, dope drum, dope uh, drum beat. It's like we got a hip hop song. Yeah. I like that. I like that. it. It kind of keeps it up during the whole time besides going into the chorus. It's got that dribble bass. I think uh, I think this is kind of like uh, you, you were you were saying how these songs could be. Um, is this it? Ish. This is it? Yeah. This one to me is kind of a like cool doo-woppy kind of. I mean, I guess you said the hip hop, but it the, just it, it's it's there's something different in that. Yeah. In, in this one and the vocal melody of it again just kind of beautiful so if you like sing along to it it's great i love how he does the don't worry about it honey yeah. i never needed any he just kind of a little kind of like pointing at someone in the crowd and like yeah. hey darling don't you worry baby there's kind of another there's a, another lyridian uh well right he, he does this weird stretched out vocal too um what part is that right there he he, it, he sounds drunk Hey, Maybe go back. I can't remember what part it was. Oh, am I wrong? He did it right here. It won't change now. He says it won't change now. It doesn't sound like it. He goes, it won't change now. Am I wrong? Yeah, this this one out of those three is definitely the. It's this. It's it's got that is this it song is this it sound, but it's 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 different. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I mean, just fucking so far, I don't. There's no bad song. No, we, we, I can't complain about it. Uh, this sounds like between love and hate, which is kind of obvious, but it sounds like it's about a relationship falling apart. It's just the second time we lost the war. It's a great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just I really like his stretched out singing in this. Just That's you won't take the end of my <laughs> Really, it's really weird. It, d- during these first two records, he was quite the drinker. He actually quit after because yeah. he was out of control. He was uh, Julian Black, we'll say. Yeah, I he mean, could become quite uh, quite the quite the boozer. Quite yeah, the boozer. I mean, I think even the. the little story earlier about the corny love told us the one thing was he was just like wasted that night the show I think that's where it sparked like it is fucking dragon asshole yeah you know um, but rock stars I mean, what do you do? it's got that reggae feel to it again that yep. meh, meh, meh. up strokes and then the other stroke is just kind of fluttering they're both playing the same Almost the same chords, it's just one's doing a, a reggae bounce to it. I, th- I think this this song might be his more more poetic uh, lyric lyrical song on the album. Um, it, it's not super repetitive. It does have he is telling a story here. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does go back. He's he's kind of referencing back to high schoolish, thinking about the high school dance, worrying about the finals. Yes, I know you're feeling lonely. Um, I think he's just kind of going through life just being like all these people kind of having their issues and I, the whole time I never really needed anyone like it's great to have someone but I don't I, I'm, I'm gonna be alright on my own maybe you're a little too reliable on me or you're reliable on people instead of just relying on yourself 
I mean, yeah, the, ne- the next song, lyric after that is, uh, should be in the kitchen, I would start the fire over those days of time. I think, like, when he did, you know, be in the kitchen, I'd start the fire. It was probably, like, it's it's a love, it was a good time, lovingly kind of thing. And he's, you know, it's kind of rem- reminiscing about the good old days or whatever. Right. But, you know, things have changed. Yeah. Which uh, is, you know, it's, it's, it's great. I think, uh, we're, we're, we're trying to th- something that started off as love going to hate let's let's stop keeping this thing this train going it's over and, I, uh, and, and, and it's been said before but there's a very thin line between love and hate is I mean, there it's, uh, I, I think so I mean I think if you they're, they're on the opposite sides of the spectrum but you got like a flat circle in uh, the words of Matt uh, McConaughey in True Detective mm-hmm. and I think you got flat circle and love and hate are our next door neighbors of the same cult set yeah i mean you you definitely will uh hurt the one you love the most as they also say yeah it's it's that person that can uh who loves you and knows you well that can sting you and punch you in the gut more than anyone else absolutely um and then you know when it gets to that kind of is that outside Oh boy! Got a little saw going on. Someone's doing some construction on a Saturday. Um, Uh, Yeah. Well, that's the kind of things that are going to happen on the podcast. It's crazy. We're doing it live. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, Great little tune. You know these these ones. They don't they don't jump out to me as the the groundbreakers that we had at the beginning of the album and then what we're going to see later on. Um, But I'm not upset by it. It's a nice rock song. Mm Absolutely. End of story. And it's, it's, it's they're they're kind of uh, I wouldn't say fall victim to their own talent here, but when you have you know Reptilia and I mean automatic automatic stop in twelve fifty one and just kind of if a song isn't up to par to those, That's right. it's not a shitty song. Right. It's just just another you, good song. You have to, there is there is a hierarchy here of of, of you know what's a better song or whatever. But, exactly. Um, I mean. Shit, I'd be. I, I, I'd love to write a song like. But but I, I like <laughs> how they laid this out. I like how they came, really strong. These first four songs, then and not and again not weak songs, but just it kind of just mellows out here, and you wonder if it's gonna keep going this direction, mm-hmm. and then it's gonna shift soon, and it, it ends really strong. Um, but it's it's a perfect kind of middle part of the album. I, I like it. It's just these good rock songs. Nothing too much fancy happens, or it doesn't sound that different from what they've done in the past. But it's uh, it's all just enjoyable. It make it's still making from now up to this point. We have a great record. Yep, absolutely. Not hearing any duds. Nope. No duddies. Nope. None. Yeah, there's not one that you. I mean, I, th- no I would skippers. I would say any yeah. Anytime a stroke comes on, a stroke comes on, a stroke song comes on, I'll just. I'll almost always listen to it. I'll never. Eh, I don't know. I'm not really yeah. in the mood for that. No, they're one of those bands for me that I'm not gonna. Fuck this song. No. No, no never, way I'm listening never. to this. Yeah. I might I might not want to listen to the whole Strokes album no. every, every single day, but when it comes on, I'll every I mean I I would say I listen to a Stroke song every single day. If it comes up on my shuffle and if I'm not in the mood for it, I'm always gonna be like, nice. This is what I want to hear enough. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Strokes. <laughs> exactly. Um anything else for uh Love and Hate? Uh no, this no, we'll go into the next one. Meet me in the bathroom, which George and I ha- have to keep going to. Yeah, we've um, been drinking beers, so drinking beers, and we cannot hold our liquor. So Charlie, uh, meet me in the bathroom. Meet you in the bathroom. <laughs> see you soon, buddy. 
meet me in the bathroom. I like how the drums drop out right there. Everything drops out, gives you a little hang on, and then boom, kicks back into the chorus. Sexy song. Uh, meet me in the bathroom. That's what she said. I don't mind. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever had a girl ask you to meet me in the bathroom? I have. Did well, you say yes? Yes. Did you Did you make love? We. No, not made like not had sexual intercourse, but mm. we're in the bathroom. A strange, a stranger. No, oh, oh, okay. no, it's not a complete stranger, but uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, I've had the same. Yeah, but yeah. never, never just a girl come up. Hey, meet me. In- Actually, oh no, 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 no. Well, no, I've had it where like I've talked. I was, I, we were. It's not just hey, some random chick grabbed me by my shirt and said, hey, let's go to the bathroom. Yeah, the girl that I talked up that night, and then I was like, all right, well, let's let's fucking let's go. I've had it once where I was waiting for a friend outside a bar. It was closing time, two o'clock, um, and um, he was chit chatting with some girl, so I kind of let him do his thing, and I just go wait outside. Uh-huh. And a girl came up, didn't talk to her the whole night, said, go back to my place. Let's oh, go back right now. Yeah. One time in my life that that happened, that just brings this up, and you're just like, what? Who are you? And there's no, there's no, like, She's like let's go in the cab. And I'm like, happened. all right, let's do this. Like, this is, you have to take that chance. Yeah. Just God, because. God's giving you a gift. What, are you going to slap him in the face? Exactly. No, you're not slapping Jesus Christ in the face. So, meet me in the bathroom, and she says it, and you're a single man. <laughs> And, you know, if you're just looking for a little fun and someone comes up, why, why not? Why not take the chance? Yeah, um, the, uh, now, she's, now she's staring wide-eyed. She can't close her eyes. Say what? Uh, anywhere is fine. Just don't waste my time. It's, it's weird. You see, my uncle would say things would change once he's dead. Yeah, that's weird. That yeah, the, the, that... The, the fact that he goes from like a, like it's like a sexual thing and then she brings up her uncle. Uh kind of is a little weird there uh, is, is he but is he saying his uncle like would would tell him things would change once he's dead like take advantage of the uh, opportunities when they're given to you because when you're dead they ain't happening you're you're gonna re- you know I, that that all, that uncle part always threw me off um yeah it's a, it's a little weird it's a weird little uh we're a little line there. But it does, and this is kind of what we're talking about with Casablanca's songwriting, is he, he'll throw out these gems, and it's my favorite line, maybe of the album or one of them, is the last line. You trained me not to love after you taught me what it was. There you go. That's brutal. Yeah, love giveth and taketh away. Yeah. <laughs> you get me all hot and bothered, and then... Uh, well, they call, just before that, he calls them uh, two fucks and lust. Oh yeah, he right? does. Yeah, yeah. Just before that, uh, which I mean, is I think is another another great written lyric, uh, great written written song. Two fucks and lust. Um, keep playing the song in the background. I'm trying to think. Just music wise, I guess it doesn't really. It's just got that propulsive bass. Yeah, the, the like we get it. Strokes. We're bored by how catchy you write songs. It, it does the back and forth between two chords. Yeah. They like to do that sometimes, just back and forth, two chords. Um, again, fun song, but it's not up to the caliber of the first four. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, I think the album kind of starts uh, not getting better. It, it's so weird saying that, like, these, like as if these songs suck, and like, we can stop probably stop making disclaimers on it. <laughs> but uh, I mean, well, they just become victim to their own their own talent. Yeah. 
I, and again, you can hear that these three songs were Is This It era or a little after. Mm-hmm. They just have that sound to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, another good song. They, they kind of, these just go by. It's enjoyable. But this is where I think the, the next shift in the album is yes. in my next favorite song. Yeah. Maybe my favorite, just because it's, it's so different from them. Under Control. Under Control. Strokes first, swaying drunk ballad. Yeah, and and just a repetitive. Uh, I don't want to waste your time. Yeah. And uh, a little crooning going on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, don't want to change your mind. It sounds like the, uh, this is like a '60s soul. So like I could see Sam Cooke singing this song. You know, just a yeah, different. Yeah, I never thought of, about yeah a little yeah. bit. It's it's definitely a got R&B. that '60s R&B song. Yeah. yeah, those chord changes. Yeah, uh, it's smooth. It, it's got nice. Not big drums, but that. I think they even said Led Zeppelin, like just a nice. Well, even that. Yeah, you you see him do a little kind of fill there, but just nothing overplayed. This is this is a ballad. Yeah. Well, it's funny as he does the same. I think it's coming up right here. Or maybe not, but he does the same. He does that two three times in the song. Yeah, just to start it up again. Just to start. Yeah, the next verse. Because it's about to stop and then picks back up. Um, and just uh, this song uh, lyrically, I, I think it's a, it's one of those great ones. It's that. Oh, oh that was so pretty right there. Sorry. Yep. Uh, and then. Bing. Yeah, and, and this one has that sentiment that. It's I, I really do love you, but we're in the wrong time. Yeah. And I've I've felt that in my relationships where it's just age wise or career wise or whatever the hell, it's just like, damn it, we're cool together. But at this moment We're not hitting the like like two wavelengths. Yeah. It's just like ah, we weren't on the same one, but we intercepted here. Yeah. yeah. Or there's something about you that I just I don't wanna waste I don't wanna waste your time. That's just, one of the most frustrating things in relationships where it's just yeah. like, ah, we just and it takes a while to, f- to figure that out, uh, but it's this, when you do get that gut feeling that all of a sudden it's it's weird or it's wrong, this song hits it perfectly. It's just that kind of, it's not, it's bittersweet. It's not totally yes. sad. Yes. You're just like, I don't know what to do. You're just like, damn it. Like, mm-hmm. great person. It's kind of that. Someone's like, going to have a great life with that person. Yes. It's kind of that. But it's, like, not, uh, it's not me. Better to have love than to... Better to have loved than to and lost than to have never loved at all. Yeah, it's kind of taken that. Yeah, kind of taken that to be true. Here, I, I, I agree with that. I, I don't. I don't look at um, past relationships and just be like, oh, they wasted my fucking no, time. Because you learn something that you yeah, that you eventually take to the next, or hopefully, you, you you can take that to the next relationship that you get in. Yeah, and just 
that's part of fucking learning and uh, you, and part of living and growing up. I mean, I guess people that are, get really offended or affected by it is if it was a terrible relationship. I, I understand that yeah. if it's abusive or just a horrible person. But if, it, if for the most part, you know, there, there's always the negatives because it, it ended for a reason. But if it's pretty positive for the most part, I don't, I'm not looking back and F that person yeah. or, you know, screw them. I just, we, we enjoyed this little moment together. Mm-hmm. It's over and uh, good luck on your on your next journey yeah and i wish you the best exactly i I think uh pete holmes the the great pete holmes great podcast podcast. you Uh, made it weird listen to it it's It's better than our podcast it's much better than our (laughs) podcast and there's two of us um but he he'll often and i think he yeah all right no he's a he's a divorcee uh i was got, got kind of got married young and he's he's just got this great like he's got this great uplifting attitude about like almost everything and that he 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 kind of put it in my head where it's like yeah we were married for whatever five years that's not a it's a failed relationship because it ended no it was a relationship yeah. you Just know like that, other that relationships like, come and go nothing lasts forever yeah and, we put and, this magical sorry to cut you off yeah we put this magical thing that the the romantic relationship has to last forever and if it doesn't it's a failure I, and, and and honestly pete holmes kind of put that in my head where it's just like Oh, you're right. Like it, it, it's just about living in the moment and, and kind of just you know, as cheesy as that sounds, and just kind of growing and evolving with someone. And and we're kind of deviating away from the song a little bit here, but uh, it, well, no, not not really. It, it is that like we we were great. And I love you, kind of thing. But it's just right now, hey, you yeah. don't want to waste your time. And, and it it made it probably will never be again. Yeah. And and that hurts because you're like, all right, this person. You, you let someone in to this. Your family's not even in there. Your best friend. You're letting someone in to the, the next little chamber yeah. that only, you might not even let them all the way in, but they're the closest they've Seven ever been. Seven levels of hell. You're getting closer. Right. To they're inside that <laughs> terrible life that you put them in. Um, and yeah, and then all of a sudden, you're gone. It, that's that's quite a, a shift that, you know, people get over it. You know, we've heard enough songs about it, but it's, how closer do you get to someone and then it just we're and done to think yeah to think that and and that it's it's almost weird if you get along with that person or it's almost expected for you to hate that person yeah just oh your friends would be like them. fuck her yeah or it's just like it's it would be beautiful and again pete holmes kind of says the same thing where he's like i'm friends with my exes because it's like you if you unless you know obviously some it ends terribly but if it just kind of ends it's like, man, no, we shared some great shit together. Yeah, and and th- that can't that you can't, can't just, take that away. Can't take that for take take that away or take it for granted. Yeah, um, and it is it's human you know, way you everybody's trying to cope. Yeah, um, well, and, and I don't think it's strange from this. I I feel like even if you didn't have the lyrics, just that swaying ballad, it you feel that kind of like uneasiness. You just. It's it's sad, but it's also there's, well, it's there's hope there. Yeah, yeah. It's bittersweet. bittersweet. Bittersweet is is they should have called the song bittersweet. <laughs> Again, yeah, better ideas than Julian. But Sam Cooke song, like this is a soul '60s um, ballad that they've done nothing before. This this one stood out for me. I'm kind of a sap. I like uh, uh, on the melancholy type songs. Mm-hmm. I, I drift towards them a little bit more, and this one. Slap me in the face. Yeah, absolutely. And Strokes don't have a lot of those. No. Nope. Which is 
I mean, it's just nice to... But they're always kind of a little... It's more like, fuck you. And not like an aggressive fuck you, but just like, whatever, this is over. Yeah. They, they kind of have that, like, not pondering on things, but just being like, you fucked me over, or I'm bored with you, I'm bored with this, mm-hmm. feel that I think a lot of people yeah. jump onto. Just not not disdain, but kind of indifference. Yeah. And indifference is, yeah, tired is, of pretty, is pretty bad. Or I'm thing. tired of myself. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You should be tired of me, too. Yeah. Um, so this, this was the, the, the great shift, if you will, from good rock songs after 1251, nice, you know, nice little three in a row of just kind of straight up rockers. And then they just shifted it right here with under control. Um, I, I, I love it. It's, yeah. it's, it makes this, uh, one of their best albums because of a song like that. Um, uh, they started playing it too. Um, I've seen them almost after every tour. Um, but they brought it back on that last tour, maybe the 2011, 10-ish, Coachella-ish time. Yeah. They started, but they played it there. And it, just, yeah. it sounded so nice. Yeah. Um, so I think they love, know. you have like, so many songs. It's like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. They, you know, you're I playing, think, it's kind of a, it's not, it's not a B-side, or it's kind of a deeper, deep cut. deeper cut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm it's a good song. deep cuts. They know, they know it's a good tune, deep cut. Absolutely. Uh, so great song, and so we're gonna keep going. Um, the end has no end. My last of the three of my favorite songs. Yep, this is uh, one of mine too. Another error, yeah, that that is true. It's it's we're looking at George's uh, iTunes. Um, that that's right. The, actually, the order is it's wrong. The way it is was the next song. Yeah, so I thought. Yeah, I'm looking at this. I'm like, okay. I mean, and and has no end is one of my favorites. Yeah, uh, but the way it is, it should be. Look, look, yeah, so no we're use. already in it. So there's a little mess up there. That this isn't the next song. It's the next next song. Um, that kind of hurts, but it is what it is. Um, right there. That 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 is definitely a Michael Jackson moment. You know, taking it sounds like what, what beat it. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. It, like that's the exact beat it. This is what you were saying earlier. The, yeah. Uh, they're, they're Michael Jackson and John Lennon. Uh, and they'll it, they'll I like what they'll do. That everything drops out, just the drum beat. Give it four measures come back in yeah um you, you they also brought back the keyboard guitar and and again killing it with the with the catchy catchy riff yeah 
and that keyboard guitar, it's got um. I swear it's a keyboard. Sometimes it's just like, why don't yeah. I just use a keyboard? Like, he, yeah. like, he, like, one of his friends said. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so close. Yeah, it tricks you. Like, why why spend the time adjusting to get that when you could have just played the keyboard? Just a guitar player. Why the fuck not? Yeah. Exactly. He'd probably uh, be like, get off of me. Now, why do anything, Charlie? Why do anything? Why do it? We're all gonna die, bro. <laughs> uh, so it's got that high pitched guitar. Um, and one of the interviews. Nick Valencia was kind of alluding to he was fucking around with Sweet Child of Mine. You know, that goddamn yeah. intro. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So he says kind of uh, an homage to that. Um, or just, or maybe he was just like, not that we we took it, but, you know, it's when I when I started playing it, I was like, God, this sounds yeah. like that a little bit. Yeah. That's funny. I never really even thought about I that. I didn't either until I read it. So, yeah, it's not like it's something that jumped out to me. Like, this sounds like Sweet Child of Mine. But. It, it has that kind of uh, arpeggio pull-off hammer-on thing that's going on. Um, I really fucking like this song. Yeah, me too. Uh, um, it, it, and it's, I like the, just kind of the repetitiveness of the lyric with the, it's especially the way it goes out um, the last like 30 seconds or so. The, the end has no end, has so, no end, keeps on saying it. Yeah, which is, uh, it's another one of the, it's another one of his repetitive phrase songs and uh, I remember uh, or as I was doing research for this and the just reading reviews from 2000 uh, from 2003 from this era and it's just like oh you know he's got all these repetitive phrases and none of them hit and it's like ah okay a critic and obviously you could take every all of that shit first you know, with a grain of salt but right. uh, it's just funny that the, that's what you know well, people will we'll pick out where it's just, this album isn't as good as this is it. It's never going to be. It's never going to live up to that. Fuck them. Uh, I, the, the thing, this is 2003, so it's after 9-11. And if you're my age during that time, you're just trying to, you're caught in the whole what happened 9-11, caught into it. And he, he starts off with, the, it's not the secrets of the government that are keeping you dumb. It's the other way around. Yeah. Love that line. Yeah. Really good. And not not that I mean I was all into non living conspiracies and all that, but it, it just it's a nice way of just like, hey, wake up, you're the idiot here. Yeah. Stop acting like you know everything that's going on in this world. Take a step back. Um, but yeah, to blame to, for people to be blaming the government, we're trying to make us dumb. It's like we're making ourselves dumb. Yeah, you're dumb. Yeah, you're dumb. Yeah. Try reading a book every now and then, fuck up. <laughs> you know. Um, and and these guys are very uh, very smart. You know, they went to boarding school in Switzerland, so they yeah. know everything. Yeah. Um, no, I, and I don't know. I'm not even sure that this whole song. It's not about all of that, but it does bring up references to 1963 when Kennedy was shot. One nine six three. What's that sound? Oh no! Keeping down the underground. I, I don't know. I think he's kind of. Maybe talking about. I don't know. I don't know if he's if this is a bigger kind of plot he's going on with government and the way uh, civilization works is the way he sees it, or is he talking about keeping down the underground as far as bands and you know we're going pop and we're. I uh, in, in researching this actually that exact line from one of the websites 1963 oh what's that sound oh no keeping down the underground um, 
It's about the, what it says, the Velvet Underground is a book about Michael Lay about para, paraphilia in the, in the USA, published in September 1963. He argues that a shift in attitude towards sexuality was taking place in society that not only allows a lo- large cross-section of the American population to partake in non-standard sexual practices, but also allows them to believe what they're doing is perfectly healthy and normal. He calls this liberal attitude towards sex the sexual revolution and attributes it to increased availability of contraceptives. So I don't know what Holy the fuck that shit, has to do George. with it, but that is heavy. <laughs> That's what he's talking about? I don't know. Um, but yeah, the, the, um, the end has no end. Kind of just... Well, there's also, uh, so he brings up 1963. I said uh, JFK was shot. You just gave that whole fucking book. Um, <laughs> I never, I didn't read into that part. There's that. But then he also says 1969. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I was like, well, 1968, Martin Luther King. I, I was like, maybe he's going there. That, that's obviously not the right year. 1969 yeah. was Moon. a huge year, moon landing. But there's a rule, 1969. Uh, in the rule of internet cover conspiracies and it is if you've thought of it then there's someone out there who thinks it really happened and it's being hidden by the government <laughs> that's heavy that's, that's rule heavy. 1969 it, so re- repeat the, uh, repeat the, the if phrase. you've thought of it then there's somebody out there who thinks it really happened and it's being hidden by the government it's kind of like porn you think porn is being hidden by the government? No, no, no just if you've, if you've thought of it. Oh, right, right. Yeah, no, if any... It, it yeah, we, we have this joke. If you think of... Actually, it's anything. Any kind of death. Think of any fucked up way to kill someone or any kind of weird sexual deviant Behavior. thing to do to someone. Yeah. It's been done. Yeah, it's been done. We're and, humans. And we've, we've done it all. Yeah, we've been around for a little while. We've now. tortured. We've fucked. We've done terrible things. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it goes into just... The end has no end. Like, there's just going to be people on both sides. There's just going to be people complaining about the government. There's going to be people on the side. There's going to be people doing it for the right reasons, the wrong reasons. And the end, it's just over and over. Like, no matter what you join, what side you join, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. It's just keep. Yeah, it's exactly the phrase. The end has no end. It's like. Yeah. Just it's like, a vicious cycle. Yeah, we, we could talk whatever. about this for days. Yeah. And that's why we're not doing a podcast about that, because it will not get us anywhere no, uh go around in, in like i said earlier the, the vicious cycle of just, yeah we're not here to solve right, we got it dude. yeah got it. you guys can solve the world problems uh we'll talk about a couple albums and uh the goodly or badly yeah i don't know no <laughs> goodly or badly yeah i just wanted to say words <laughs> that were badly uh uh well this to, not to segue but this segue has no end this segue has no end. We played the Love wrong song, and we also did play the I'm wrong song. I'm just gonna play the this, this last little nice little jam out. drums go out the way the drums came in yeah loved it yeah that's, yeah that's pretty pretty fucking good. all right so we fucked up so let's play the way it is this actually is before <laughs> the end has no end and after under control but it is what it is the way it is oh, oh. 
think of you and that's the way it is it's this song is not pulling any punches or trying to be poetic it's uh, uh it's on julian Casablancas's kind of uh, you know if, you, if there is a breakup album for them this one feels like it still as we've said before and just i'm sick of you that's the way it is it's not your fault it's just the way it is uh it's not your problem it's not my problem but um it's 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 over but that's not what sticks out to me is not the lyrics here it's the guitar and the yeah, background it's, it's there's there's this lead guitar that's almost like trailing behind julian casablancas um go back to the verses it, it, it's 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 almost like the guitar is set on the wah it's not doing like wah up and down but it's also it's off a little bit and it just does this i don't even know what they're doing i've tried to figure it out listen Can't really hear it that well in that one, but it's not the rhythm, it's the other one. And this song is just it's all out rock song. Yeah. Everything's at the tens. Um, he's splashing all out the drum. It, it, it's got a drum machine going on too. That boom, 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 boom. Right here. Sounds like a drum machine. Uh, it's got another thumping bass. A great little guitar riff. Um, I, I, and it's when we played it right now. I don't know why I, we couldn't hear the guitar. The not the main rhythm guitar. The background. You can hear it a little here. But that's my favorite part of the song. I don't know what it's doing. Um, it sounds like it's playing on its own. It's not really playing along with the song. It sounds like he's just drifting off. Um, yeah, I really like it. I don't know who's playing that. I think it is. It's Hammond Jr. playing yeah. the lead. There's one. Uh, there's you were saying not much with the lyrics here. There's one line about the uh, if the accidents happen. Well, ex uh, accidents happen. There's one plan today. I, yes. I don't know why. This is kind of a nice, nice little sarcastic, uh, sarcastic line there. And this, you know, we went from under control, where it's kind of like bittersweet. This is kind of like celebrated, like it's over. Mm -hmm. I'm free. Yeah. Like it sucks, but this is good times are up ahead. Yeah. And I've always said this too. Another thing, there's the there's so many different emotions you go through. There's not just one thing, but a breakup. Or even if you lose a job or you quit your job or you move out of an apartment or go to a house or you're in a new relationship, there's just something about the freedom of the new. It's just a great celebration, even if it's something that came out of a bad situation. Something that hurts. Yeah. Yeah, it's that it's that old adage of, uh, you know, when one door closes, another opens. Yeah, you just, you, well, you've been in, you've been in this, this one life for, for however long. It might be six months, it might be 10 years. And then just that switch where you're just like, oh, I'm free from whatever yeah. that was, even yeah. if it was a good thing. Like, mm -hmm. it's not a, it's not my ball and chain anymore. And, and I have and that feel. And I'm still alive, and you know, or I'm, or I'm still, you know, yeah. the thing yeah. I thought might, you know, maybe was gonna kill me, yeah. kind of thing, or you know, I thought maybe I couldn't get over, or whatever. Uh, well, because it's the way it is, and will always be. Well, that's how that's how you feel a lot of times in these situations where I mean, shit with my own my own life, where it's just like, dude, it's never. I'm never gonna get out of this fucking. Yeah. I don't know. Like, 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 like your brain's just like 
Well, you've spinning you, so fast. You're like, I, I, how? I'm never gonna. This is never gonna end. Well, you've built up that muscle of thinking that it's so much stronger than the. I can get over this and move on. Yes. You, yeah. You, 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 it's hard. Uh, it, if you've never been like that, that you can't understand a person that gets caught in the, the loop of a bullshit relationship, a bullshit life, whatever. It's you're just like, well, this is where I belong. Mm-hmm. You kind of just reinforce that. Yeah. And when you break that, this this is what it feels like. Just like fuck it, it's over. Yeah, it's the way it is. And it's it's kind of got that. You, you get that freedom, you know, from the rise from the ashes kind of uh, that rise from the ashes kind of feeling of yeah. just like ugh, rebirth. And everyone's and, and all the whole band's coming in loud, so it's just everyone's. It feels like everyone's feeling that moment. Mm-hmm. So he's just trying to sing above it. He's just. The band's feeling it, and he's yelling above it. I just, it's, it's got that nice kind of explosive feel. Absolutely. It's, it's a nice, better way to come out of under control and to the end as <laughs> it's supposed to be. Um, well, fucking Spotify. I mean, uh, my instance looks like I'll make this one number ten and this one number nine. So, I mean, I'm sorry if we ruined anyone's day with that mix-up in the song. There's other podcasts you can listen to. Yeah, because this, I think we've messed up on an order of a song before. Yeah, too. we did. I yeah. uh, fucked that up for the. Uh, for so the uh, two out of Meat four. Puppets one. Two out of four, George. Yeah, I, I am 50%. <laughs> so no. if, I, if I was in the MLB, I'd be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, that's so. true, batting 500. Yeah. I'm impressed. Not even Ted, Teddy Ballgame could, uh, could bat 500. So fuck you, Teddy Williams. And we just wanted to know if you are paying attention out there. If you know this album, we hope you got mad and said, hey, that's not the next song. If, it if, was if for you. you. Yeah, that if was you think you're a Strokes fan and you were like, oh, yeah, the end is no, uh, the end has no end is, is the one that's next. Yeah. I love that song. You're and an idiot. Then you're a fucking idiot. We were testing you the whole time. We hope you turn off now. We hope you never hold on, hold listen on, to music again. Can you guys shut it off right now? Okay, they're gone. All right, no, I didn't I, like those people in yours. I'm so glad. I'm glad we can just, you and I, Charlie, can talk about what we want to talk about. Well, let's go back to you, you talk way too much. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about Taylor Swift's uh, uh, 1989 again? All right, let's end this uh, <laughs> album. Uh, I Can't uh, Win. is it, This is the official last song. I guarantee it. Yes. Um, let's just play it. I Can't Win, everyone. sounds like the end of an album it sounds yeah. it sounds like the credits are going up at a movie that was kind of like happy little comedy little mm. little kind of indie comedy yeah like a duplass Cre- brothers film and like the car is driving away and the song <laughs> kicks in yeah no and, and it, it's kind of the it kind of goes back it's kind of another one of the uh is this it is this it uh songs yeah but i think this out al- this song could have the potential of being another one of these like hit songs but for whatever reason maybe it's because it's the last one or whatever but it does kind of it is kind of a nice little ride into the sunset yeah uh for the, for the super album. catchy yes absolutely 
Um, I can't win. Is it just accept losing and embracing it? Which is, oh, which, hold on. Which, Great guitar solo. Hold yeah. on. That's the way it is. That's the uh, way it is. We'll just uh, we'll let it be known that that song's called not the way it is. It's called I Can't Win. It's called I Can't Win. Uh, we're starting over again. The the recording stopped and we just went on probably a ten minute tangent. Yeah, it was a nice little tangent about uh, hip hop. Yeah. And, uh, Oof. Gone to the gone to the universe. The ether has that one forever now. Um, well, well, fucking see you, fucker, motherfuckers later. Bye. Yeah, right? Uh, so, I don't know if did I even mention this, but this sounds like the ending. Like, it reminds me of a movie ending. Did I get to that? And this, yeah, it, this song makes me feel like the car, you know, it's a happy ending to a, a movie. It's been a com- like a light comedy. The car's driving away. Uh, credits are starting to roll, and this song kicks in. It's just got that, like, catchy, bringing back that is, is this it kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um and just kind of like you were saying before, is that it's like a summation of yeah. It's the it's it's sort of a uh, a thesis piece of uh, of the song, and just kind of the fact that it's um, just the not bleak. We we said it a few times already. The the bitter sweetness of of, of different things in life. Yeah. Uh, you know, relationships, whatever. It, it, this is a kind of a relationship heavy album uh, but it's kind of the it, it is the summation of of the whole the whole album yeah and now now i'm trying to think of if what we said before was what we said before before that we realized the recording wasn't there but just yeah. kind of um just accepting the the ups and downs of life uh just going with the punches you know it's it's he's saying i can't win but it's not like all hope is lost i can't get over but there's certain aspects that I'm not gonna try to uh, to figure out every part of life and, and, and always get it right. I'm gonna lose battles, win battles, and I think that kind of sums up the, the end of this. And we, we quickly jumped over to the difference between kind of rock and hip hop is the the bragged braggadocia yeah. of hip hop, and then the kind of vulnerability of rock. But how now we're in a in a time where it, uh, it mixed and and you know now there's a lot of people saying rap get back to being more braggadocious mm-hmm. stop being so sensitive yeah um uh, and, and then uh, i guess i was i i like vulnerability in music i like to hear the confusion the because we no one knows what's going on and i like to hear people try to figure out what what they think is going on in their head and, and their confusion and their sadness and their happiness and their good times and having a blast and doing all that instead of just always being cocky um, about yourself. Now, once the song's over and you're getting interviewed and you think you're great at writing songs, yeah. all about, if you can back it up with great songs and talk shit, mm-hmm. that's great. If you talk shit that you're amazing on a uh, on a song, you how great you are, but the song's terrible, then... You're, you're, you're a fraud. Defeating, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of, uh, I think that's what is kind of awesome about rock and roll is that, is that you, you, these guys are writing songs. And I think even like 
you know, we did it in Rainbows and Tom York, and it, it's it's how you're feeling at the time that you write that song. Right. It's but, not how and, you're feeling that, every day. Exactly. But that emotion that you have brings in that out song, something. And it, yeah, and it lives kind of lives forever. Where anytime you listen to that, you go, oh, like I know that that feeling in in, in my head, and I like I know how that feels. But doesn't mean you know that I'm that I'm the fucking dude that's you know sad all the time yeah. or, or whatever. It's like yeah. no, I'm writing a song about excuse me, how I feel right now or how I feel, how I've been feeling or how I, what I feel uh, inspired to write a song about. Um, and I think that's the, the beauty of rock and roll. You know like, that's what I prefer to. You wrote a good song if people actually think that's how you feel because you made them feel yes. it. Yes, you're putting that narrative of, of oh, so I, you must be this, this, and this. It's yeah. like, oh, not necessarily. It's, just... I remember a Billy Corgan thing where there was some um, interview later on where they were asking him, you know, he has that lyric, uh, God is empty, just like me. Mm. Like, Billy, is God empty every day? Just like, it's like, no, in that moment, yeah. like, you've had those <laughs> crisis moments in your life. Yeah. He felt it in that moment. He's also writing a song. It, it's not an everyday occurrence. Maybe some people is, you know, maybe Elliot Smith, the guy was in darkness a lot. So there's definitely that part to it, but it's real. And I just, I can't deny, um, I just don't think you can hide behind, people can see through the bullshit. And and if if you're, you know, Jay-Z and and Kanye, as much as a goddamn Kanye, just people hate him, but he backs it up with good music. I know people are probably screaming at this saying he writes music, but, Compared to what? Yeah. And they'll name me three hip hop artists. Like, okay, so he's number four yeah. out of all time. Okay, so still sorry. good. Sorry about out that. Out of yeah. a billion yeah. artists. Yeah. So don't, yeah, don't try to knock it down to nothing. Um, but uh, th- there's something about Julian Casablancas and his songwriting where he's got that self defeatist thing, but he knows he's the shit. Yeah, he's he's very, I think, very honest, and in, 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 in I think that to bring to bring him back again, that to read kind of. Uh, brutal honesty and, and, and self-realization about, you know, how you are as a person or whatever, yeah. or even still trying to figure out, but at least you're acknowledging that there's an issue there or... Show you know, your ugly sort of, Yeah, and that I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, the greatness of rock and roll. Um, just rock and roll, you know, will never die. Yeah, we, we'll, uh, we've we been playing some rock albums, but we are going to do a couple hip-hop uh, soon enough. We'll be getting there. Um, but it, there is no... Uh, there's no cutoff for us. A good album is a good album no matter what kind of style of music is. If we could do jazz, it will probably be a little harder for us because we're not that excelled in it, and no. it's hard to talk just about instrumentals, but yeah. there's some great jazz albums that we could talk about. You, you could go on and on and on. Um, but this will definitely be our longest one. We, I'm sorry we went off on that you talk way too much tangent. <laughs> um, and I'm really sorry that we lost the ending here. I, yeah. I feel like this ending was... What, what we did before, re, re, yeah, not, re, not recreate the magic, but just like we, trying to remember what we were saying. Yeah, but we, it, it was good. Just if you guys can remember, just imagine a really good conversation. Yeah. That's what it was. Imagine what so. we just said in this last five ten minutes. Imagine it ten times better. Yeah, and that's what just, we. That's what you missed. Exactly. So, but alas, uh, that's the that's the the end has no end, exactly. George. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about that for 15 more minutes? Yeah. Um, yeah. So 2003, The Strokes, Room on Fire, trying to step into the... It's always going to be in the shadow of This Is It, but I think it's a fucking phenomenal album. And they definitely stopped the, the sophomore 
slump, whatever it's Sophomore called. Sophomore jinx. They, the, yeah, they, they did not have any issue as far as I'm concerned with uh, with uh, writing a, a number two album. And it's nice, like, you know, doing this, doing this six, 13 years after the fact, uh, we can say that The Strokes also made three, four, five, six great albums yep. um, all together. And I mean, I know I can speak for me and I can speak for you, Charlie. Like, one of our favorite bands yeah. uh, of all time. So just pound for pound, song yeah. to song. Absolutely. I mean, put them up against other bands and it's just quality. It's quality music. Um, yeah, absolutely. Strokes, uh, Room on Fire, 2003. Anything else? What do you want to go out with, Charlie? Uh, God, after that ending, I just, <laughs> I'm in a, I'm in a tailspin here. Yeah. I, I, I really like Under Control. I think it's such a beautiful tune. Um, and since we're we kind of went out of control, let's just try to let's just take it down a notch. That I, just humbled us. It yeah. was we that, that the last rambling was yes yeah, us trying to rehash and trying to sound new. No. <sighs> well, we'll get we'll get you on the next one. Um, this is uh, the Strokes' "Room on Fire." Thank you for listening, and I love you. Bye.